0: This is Unfiltered, Episode 268 for February 7th,
1: 2018. The release of this memo is really reminiscent of the darkest days of the McCarthy era.
2: Imagine if Devin Nunes is feeding us a nothing burger.
3: Talk about a nothing burger.
4: This is uh, extremely dangerous manipulation information in order to discredit an investigation.
5: Oh, oh, for goodness sakes, the memo. It could be momentous or it could be a great big nothing burger.
4: I
6: can say it's worse than a nothing burger. It's like having nothing mustard.
7: Everybody, welcome back again to another edition of Unfilter, Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly show about the news you shouldn't be watching. I am Chase Nunes, the original writer of the memo, and over there, uh, the reader of the memo, Mr. Chris Fisher.
0: Boy, not only the reader of the memo, but the follower of all of the backlash.
7: Hey, what a week, Chase. I did not appreciate them saying that my memo was a huge nothing burger. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I really put you a lot. Hard on that, dude. I did. I know. I, I know you did. I appreciate I put it in a that. real big font
0: so the president could read it. <laughs> With some pictures. With some pictures. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot to cover yes. this week. We'll be. I, I, here's what I'm thinking, Chase. All right, I, if we can contain ourselves, yes. we're, we're, we got to do cyber. We got to do the cyber. Well, we
7: always start the show with the cyber, yeah. which makes yeah. sense.
0: Yeah. Okay. But then let's let's cover the reaction to the memo and then the actual memo itself, right? right? As as we might yes. as we might be ones to do. So we'll yes. we'll cover the reaction, the contents of the memo, what actually matters in that memo. Uh-huh. Then let's discuss the FBI. Separately, The investigators, some of the rumors, yeah. and some of the big, big, like, salacious headlines that are coming around the FBI. And then just a little bit on the shutdown, because I don't think we're gonna have to worry a lot about it, but I want to get some basics covered for the shutdown. Uh, and then we'll wrap this whole thing on wow. a choice high note. If there is a shutdown, because right now, mm-hmm. things That's are what I'm looking thinking. cautiously optimistic. That's what I'm thinking. And
7: yeah. we'll tell everybody what actually memo means, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah let's
0: go. We'll get
7: to, you know, <laughs> we'll have a half hour on that. Does, does it
0: feel like the 80s a little bit right now? At least they're not
7: saying like facts <laughs> or, <laughs> you know, or some, some yeah. arbitrary
0: term. Yeah. You know, okay, so let's do the cyber thing because this yeah. is just going to shake us loose. It'll get us ASL? ready. Um Yeah. So, did you know that the Olympics, the Winter Olympics, are already... They started today! They're yes! The, did you know that they're, they're the most attacked Olympics in history no! already? Oh, I thought the Russian ones were. Uh, no, this? no. Well, These? welcome to 2018. Oh, oh my.
1: Ceremonies in Pyeongchang are less than a week away, but not all the hazards at this year's Games will be on the slopes or on the ice.
8: The Department of Homeland Security issued a warning about cyber crimes, potentially at the hands of North Korea's vast, and very capable hacking operation. Whoa.
0: Oh, man, it's
7: North Korea this time. Yeah, see, they have Wi-Fi over the border, and so they're just going to beam it at the yeah. Olympics.
0: What you do is you send your elite group of hackers that yes. have been born, despite a culture of uh, complete backwards water, uh, no technology, you, you you have these elite hackers, and you send them to the border, Yes. then they connect to the Starbucks Wi-Fi in right. South Korea. The open Wi-Fi. Yeah. yeah, and then they can attack the Olympics.
7: And then you download this rogue APK for your phone, and then, boom, you're, you're hacked.
8: One that can target athletes and spectators. Alike, And some attacks may have already begun. What? Wired has been covering these concerns, and this morning we are joined by its editor-in-chief, Nicholas Thompson. Nick, good morning.
0: Good morning, Alex. So everybody, mark this date down. This is the moment that Wired went all in on the industrial cyber complex. Okay, so... <laughs> Wired calls the. She's laughing. She's literally laughing at it. So she's, Thompson- well, I mean, she's
7: laughing because it's ridiculous. I, I, I think she. <laughs> I mean, I think in I think, all sm- I think she's smart. Yeah. I mean, she's working CBS. She's working Saturdays. She's trying to make a name for herself, and she sees it, this is a bogus story.
8: Nick, good morning.
7: Good
8: morning,
7: Alex. Good morning. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> I just love it. <laughs> like, okay, okay, okay. Let me calm myself. Okay, okay. <laughs>
8: Wired calls these games a nexus of hacker skullduggery.
0: Man. You know, the Nexus is one of these temporal ribbons that flies through is, space. How's
7: Wired subscriptions count? Because it must be lacking.
1: Maybe they need a federal supplement here. Wow,
8: <laughs> good, That sounds... That sounds
1: like Andy Greenberg right there. <laughs> that's good,
8: right? Dark, dark yeah. stuff. What's happening over there?
1: So what we know so far is there are two major hacks. Okay. So you ready for this? All this right, is I'm re- what we know. Wait, I'm, I'm ready. You good? I'm good. Let's the Russians it. were mostly banned from the Olympics, and they're not happy about that. Of course. Oh. The Russians, dude. This is the Russian angle. So they're hacking into individual athletes. They're hacking into... So this is the Moscow story organizations They're trying Over to show again. that Russia is not the only country that dopes. So we've got Fancy Bear on the Russian side doing that.
0: Fancy Bear, which is the
1: same group that supposedly was able to get John Podesta's emails. Right. Then secondly, we have another large hacking organization. We're not exactly sure who it is. The NSA? Hmm. No. <laughs> no.
0: Who else do we love? If, if we're not blaming Russia, who else do we love? Oh, North Korea.
1: Possibly North Korea.
9: Ah! <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Okay. But we
1: can't be certain. Hacking into basically... Every Olympic organization, including the ski resort. Did you hear how he just kind of throws in there, we can't be certain? Did you Hacking th- into basically, sure, who it is. Possibly North Korea. Possibly. We can't be certain. We can't be certain. Hacking into basically every Olympic organization, including. See, we can be certain about Russia. All right, I don't,
7: I don't like how he's just randomly throwing out the term hacker. He's from Wired, though. I know, but. He's from <sighs> Wired. I mean granted though, I mean I don't know who their target audience is cuz this is Saturday morning and maybe they're just trying to find a filler story or something but <laughs> No, I mean seriously, I mean he's painting a, a such a dark picture. Like you're going to get hacked if you step even, off the plane. He hasn't
1: even They did that last time. I know they did. The ski resorts, the tourism boards, See? we don't know what the intention is, but lots of hackers have already compromised lots of computers. I know what
7: the intention is. Bitcoin has dropped And they need all the devices they can get to mine Bitcoin.
0: Hey, I say it's time to switch to Monero, my friend.
7: Ah, well, there you go. Inside info right there. Um, These are already the most hacked games ever is this correct
1: you can't i I, call it that when it hasn't started i think it's fair to say that's a little hard to define but i think we can call it that (laughs) i mean because we're making this shit up so i mean you know (sighs) games ever is this correct this is i I think it's fair to say that's a little hard to define but i think we can call it that (laughs) i feel like I, I,
7: i don't like this guy and then the only reason why i don't is because i feel like he's i don't know there's it's just a lot of generality Oh, we think it's the North Koreans. It's going to be the most hacked yeah. ever because yeah. I'm, we're just going to say, it. well, kind of, sure, why not? I mean, the
0: only thing they do know for sure is that it's the Russians. See, you know, if he if he
7: came to the table, all right, literally the table there, the the CBSI, he, which is he,
0: a pretty badass a table, nice,
7: and actually, if you uh, they there's a whole they take it around, it. they take it around, which is really nice, uh, big crates and everything. The if he came to the table and he actually had hard evidence, like he actually said, you know, hey, we, we have like logs and, you know, we've, we've seen some in- uh, security intrusions and, you know, we're, we're seeing what they're doing. But he's using the word, well, basically, generally, a lot of these common connecting words, it really feels uh, like, all right, what what's the, where's the, mm, give me the info. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's it's, nothing it's there.
6: fear, 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 fear. That seems to be what the cyber segment is all about. YouTube viewers in the United States are now seeing a label informing them of state media outlets receiving government funding RT's Dan Cohen has the story tonight Have
0: you seen this I've heard of this I have not seen it in practice Oh really Yeah Oh really well producer Matt noticed it right away and he took a screenshot and sent it to me and so you're watching an RT video and underneath it it says this video is funded by the Russian government like with a, like a little information bubble Okay Yeah uh, I you know not Actually a- you know what I'm okay with this Same same with me really I you know
7: it, as long as they're being the same across the board. Well, you know who
10: hates it is PBS. <laughs> if you watch this video on YouTube in the United States, you'll see a label indicating that RT receives government funding. It's part of a new program labeling state-owned media outlets as such. You know what it really is, though, is it's
0: Google rolling over and trying to show the federal government that we're really, really, really willing to play ball. Uh-huh. That's what this yeah, is. Yeah,
10: YouTube says the program aims to equip users with additional information to help them better understand the sources of news content that they choose to watch on YouTube. The announcement comes following U.S. government pressure on social media giants to crack down on Russian media outlets for alleged interference in the 2016 presidential election.
0: Alleged? This is Google signaling we are 100% ready to play ball. What would you like, sir? (laughs) <laughs> here, here, here. Can we just do this? And PBS has said, "Well, c- come on now. Don't don't tell people we're federally funded. Don't tell people that we're f- we're I funded mean, by I, the federal I, government because then that makes them think that we're only funded by the federal government. Now, while we also have lots of local affiliates and we have fundraisers. We have multiple ways of right. raising money.
7: And, and you know, and that's that's true. I mean, it's I I could see that point of view for sure. I mean, you know, they're they're out there. They feel that they're independent. They do receive funding. You know." However, I'm sorry, PBS. I think this is one of those situations where we really should see, you know, well, what do we always say on the show, Chris?
0: What do we always say on the show?
1: show
7: me the we need to see a path here, you know, and if there is financial influence from the American government or foreign governments and you're watching that content, I think it's only fair that we have the full and complete picture because a lot of
0: people don't have those tools to find yeah, out. I completely agree. I kind of wish... In a way, I wish that when CBS had a video, underneath it it would say CBS is owned by – and it would like list out like the megacorp that all the – why not go all the way? Is that too much? <laughs> well, I mean it's Google. Don't they have all this? It's Google. I, yeah, keep in mind, I'm not yeah. asking this from like right. – I'm not asking this from even Amazon or Yahoo. Yeah. I'm saying Google. That's, yeah. They have that. Yeah, but then then where do you stop? I guess is the ultimate question, right? I mean, how far... All of them. I would love it even if it said under this video. Actually, I would really appreciate it if it said under this video, it is funded by the audience. Or even just have a link
7: there that you could click
0: on and you can
7: just dig into. This video was
0: funded by YouTube ads. This video was funded by Patreon. Thanks
7: thanks to Patreon for the funding for this video. All
0: of them. Because they're all funded by something. Even if it's somebody's pocketbook. Or even your own. This video is self-funded by the YouTube creator themselves.
7: Right. Right, exactly. So people can actually see... You know what? It honestly, it does take money to put this content on the air. So yeah, it yeah, makes you know,
0: sense. Um, talk about spending some money. The Russia investigations probably spent some serious money. Oh, I'd like boy. to see some totals on that. There's not a lot of new that's happened from last week's episode in the Russia investigation, other than this: Trump is on again, off again about getting invested. <laughs> Are
11: you not- going to talk to Mueller?
0: You've probably heard this audio. This is Trump being asked on January 24th if he would be willing to talk to Mueller
4: forward to there's been no collusion whatsoever no there's no obstruction whatsoever and I'm looking forward to it
5: that was President Trump two weeks ago seeming optimistic about a potential sit-down interview with special counsel Robert Mueller's team as part of its Russia investigation
0: I gotta say that would be the worst thing to ever happen to Donald Trump in his presidency if he does that. Now they'll walk him into something. Well, so here's I, I don't I don't know if you'll
7: have clips on this or not. I've been actually reading about this and he's still like today, like not today, today, but like to this day's point yes, so far. Yes. He wants to testify. Yep. His attorney's team is saying
0: no. <laughs> that's because I believe Donald Trump. The man believes whatever Donald Trump. The man believes and right. he believes there was no collusion because that's what he believes. And so there's no collusion. So he's like. I'll talk to him. And it's a very weird answer. And the lawyers to me. are like, my God, you'll say something that contradicts something and right. they'll get you on a technical. Oh my God, don't well, do it. And he already has. I mean, he's contradicted himself a lot.
5: Since then, Trump has rep- or Fox News has reported that President Trump's— Did you like that slip there?
0: Did you catch that
7: I, I slip there? I missed it. Say it
0: again. It, I mean, I just kind of sounded like yeah. that Fox News was the direct mouthpiece of Donald Trump.
5: Interview oh. with special counsel Robert Mueller's team as part of its Russia investigation.
0: Now listen carefully because it kind of sounds like she knows that they take talking points directly from Donald Trump. I mean, if I were to just project a little bit into this, that's what I would take in. It could just be an innocent slip, though, but just listen and decide for yourself.
5: Since then, Trump has rep- or Fox News has reported that President Trump's lawyers were leaning against the idea. They worry uh, the president could get caught in a so-called perjury trap. And now, a new report they have advised the president to reject a possible request for a sit-down with the special counsel.
7: You know what? This is Fox spinning it a little bit, saying, "Oh, that they're going to try to trap him by calling it a perjury."
0: Oh, I think trap. they 100% are going to. Well, I know, but I don't I, think that's spin. I think that's what the plan is. Well, I know, but trapping him like. It's weird trapping to say. him with his own words, right?
7: Not not like you know, trying to like I don't know. Tr- it's not, weird, you know yeah, what? I, mean? yes, I say, Yeah, yes, I do. It's not
0: like they're they're not doing some sort of trickery to be where malicious. They it's they, not like entrapment, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what that's what I'm trying to say. They're gonna yeah. just get him to just dig his own grave. <laughs> just let him talk. Yeah, exactly. Just, just turn on the recorder, one hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. The guy has two yeah. grand juries, and he can just say, "Hey, he this is conflicting
5: information," and boom. If denied an interview, Mueller could subpoena the president to testify before a grand jury prolonging the probe. Uh, So, Judge, the last time we were on the show together, you had mentioned that uh, Michael Flynn, Flynn, you, you believe he got caught in a perjury trap. Yes. Do you think that President Trump is subject to the same fate?
6: Yes, I do. I think even more so. The president, who being diplomatic, does not always use an economy of words and has strong opinions on so many things. What's that hashtag? Where where is it? Oh, so
0: so for for our
7: audio only <laughs> it's
6: it's hashtag one cucky guy.
0: One lucky guy. Oh, one lucky. I thought that said one cucky, I'm sorry. What? Why? Why is that there?
7: Any anybody uh, as we record this live, please let me know. <laughs> Do you
0: remember why that's there? I
7: don't. I don't either. Uh, well, hashtag one lucky guy. Is that's the judge? One lucky guy. No,
0: no, no. I don't think so. I don't think so.
7: <laughs> I I'm sorry. I'm just a little perplexed.
6: Hashtag one cucky guy. <laughs> All right, continue, Judge. Being diplomatic does not always use an economy of words and has strong opinions on so many things. Does not use an
0: economy of words. That is the most diplomatic way to say that Trump just says whatever the hell he wants. That's, yeah. mm-hmm.
6: is, is likely to get in a Q&A with his interrogators, who might be Bob Mueller or might be FBI agents, which will get him in trouble. So, look, they could limit the scope of this conversation just to one topic. But if the president's answer veers off that topic, then the questioner right. can ask about the answer. You know what's what's weird about this
0: conversation? I I would I would you know the president's watching exactly. I knew you were going there. I would suggest watch this with the in the mindset that the host. Let's say the hosts are aware that Trump is watching. All
7: right, listener at home, play along with us. Let's say, for example, that you are the president of the United States and you watch the show
0: every morning. He is literally talking to the president. He is attempting to advise the president right
6: now could limit the scope of this conversation just to one topic but if the president's answer veers off that topic then the questioner right. can ask about the answer he is trying to tell trump stay on target stay on target don't go off topic and yeah. the president is not always disciplined when it comes mm-hmm. to answering so <laughs> and then she laughs like, yeah, that's putting it lightly. About the answer. Yeah. And the president is not always disciplined when it comes mm. to answering. Yeah. So the standard advice is you don't talk to a guy who owns a grand jury. And The reason why the, the other gals, I believe, didn't laugh is because they
0: freaking know that Trump they is know. watching them yeah.
6: right now. Standard advice is... You don't talk to a guy who owns a grand jury, and Bob Mueller has two. meaning he can take what you said that contradicted other things, present it to the grand jury, and get you indicted for lying to the FBI, which is what happened to Papadopoulos and Flint.
5: So what options, then, does Mueller have on the table to utilize? Let's say President Trump says, I'm not going to sit down with you to the advice of counsel, then what does Mueller do? Okay,
6: so now it flips. Bob Mueller wants to interrogate the president because he wants to know what his thoughts thinking is he also doesn't want to put the president before a grand jury without knowing what the president's going to say Mm -hmm. so if the president doesn't agree to the initial interview question will bob muller subpoena him before a grand jury having no idea what the president will tell the grand jury that's a dangerous environment for muller not really yeah i don't think it is i think it's
0: pretty obvious what trump would say yeah um but so that's sort of the interesting development right now in the whole like actual Rustin – the the one that matters the investigation that matters that's the interesting thing that's happening right now in the russia investigation
7: uh um, by the way, we got an answer thanks to ten one oh five in the chat room.
0: oh really, so the name of the
7: show that we just saw a clip from was outnumbered yes, and the the premise of the show is one guy outnumbered by the four women, yes, one lucky guy hashtag
0: oh i guess i i guess i I guess I would have known that if I'd thought about it
7: i you know. We're technically minded
0: political. God, junkies. I, I hate the media.
12: <laughs> if he would that memo, he would not only be endangering our country, but he would also uh, be violating the rules of the Congress of the United States.
0: So here we are, third week into talking about this stupid freaking memo which by the way is a nothing burger hold on <laughs> yeah <laughs> hold on what do i have right here
7: uh chris chris you have printed out <laughs> physically one
0: have, two yeah three uh-huh. actually you've spread it out more than it's yeah. technically four pages yeah i i have printed out the memo it yep. is here in the studio yep. um Written and by mr the honorable <coughs> oh
12: god <laughs> He would also uh, be violating the rules of the Congress of the United States.
1: The release of this memo is really reminiscent of the darkest days of the McCarthy era.
3: There is zero uh, proof or even evidence uh, that there is uh, uh, political bias uh, in the FBI. But if you say it long enough and, is, and, and often enough, there will be people who have doubts about it. And It's mm. a profoundly unpatriotic thing to do.
13: You're not patriotic if you want your questions answered. Democrats are lashing out. That's not even strong enough. Something profound is happening here. But they're very upset uh, by the release of the FBI memo. House leader, minority leader Nancy Pelosi said President Trump, quote, just sent his friend Putin a bouquet. (laughs) Many have.
14: (laughs) How good is that, dude?
0: Send him a bouquet.
13: I love that. That's good. President Trump, quote, just sent his friend Putin a bouquet. Uh. Many have said similar (laughs) intemperate things, including Democratic Congressman Eric Swalwell of California, who joins us tonight. So, Congressman... um, So, if
0: uh, you were to say there is one Democrat that Chris really, 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 really hasn't liked since... Since before it was cool not to like him. Your good friend. Who would it be? Uh Adam Schiff. Thank you, right? Yeah. I haven't liked Adam Schiff since before it was cool not to like right? Admittedly. You don't like Woody.
7: Uh, and You know, he's a good friend of yours. For a long time. You guys exchange gifts we, every Christmas. Yeah,
0: but uh, we just don't agree professionally. <laughs> now, uh if Woody were to have a backup guy, who would that be? Buzz Lightyear. Yeah, yeah. This
13: is Woody's Buzz Lightyear. Oh, this is Buzz Lightyear. This is Buzz Lightyear right here. Any okay. Democrats, including Democratic leaders, uh, Pelosi and Schiff to name two, said before this was released that its release would jeopardize American national security. That turned out to be a lie, provably, because there's nothing in this that was classified. In fact, there's it's no obvious reason it was classified in the first place. We will get to the
10: contents of the memo in a moment. So why would they tell us that when they knew it wasn't true? Good evening, Tucker. Uh, you should be concerned about this too. It does reveal sources. You should read uh, the memo just because you knew the sources beforehand because <laughs> they goes, were reported Chase. on doesn't mean we acknowledge them in ongoing investigations. So please the be precise about how though, well,
13: please be precise about how it jeopardizes our national security because a lot of us are concerned about doing that, and I would never want to play any role in doing that. And that's why it's such a serious charge, and that's why well, you're making playing you a to role to in doing up.
10: that right now. By but tell me how you're playing a role. Because we don't acknowledge sources in ongoing investigations, What source are FISA you talking about, and, or, and how does that well, impair our country? Well, the, the, me, the memo goes into Papadopoulos and Page and others that you only knew about because they were reported on, not because well, they I were I knew about but because Papadopoulos say, was Tucker, indicted, the larger, and the
13: memo came but, out today. So just explain to me how you just accused dude. me of endangering American national security, and I think it's fair to ask you to be very precise in explaining how I'm doing that. So please do.
10: The, the larger danger that that no, you're no, no. doing, and not the larger are danger. You the, just accuse me of lies. Oh, shut up! You just accuse the police. Oh, I'm not going to go let, you go this. Not let you go. I'm not going to let you go.
13: You just. I, I so already so went you, on. You it. got two. You got two choices. You can either apologize <laughs> and take it back, or you can explain <laughs> it. I think it's fair to ask you to I, explain I what explain it, you Tucker. meant when you said I was. Yeah. How? How does that jeopardize
10: our country's security? Because we don't reveal the sources and in ongoing investigations. Tucker, right now in every so police now station that this in America. Tucker, let me finish. Let me finish, Tucker. In every police station in America, <laughs> the police are interviewing a suspect. And you're suggesting that we should give the suspect the evidence before we ask them the questions. Who's but the this suspect? I honestly We're trampling over the rule of law.
0: Okay. All right. Okay, so you kind of get where I'm going with this. So that's uh, that's uh, Adam right. Schiff's uh, secondhand man. And, and by
7: the way, the, the secondhand man, you know, I'm with Tucker on this one. I can't believe I'm saying this because I'm not a huge, huge no, Tucker not, fan. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I agree with Tucker here. Where's I your mean, bow tie, buddy? Well, I know. I left it at home. But the the congressman there shouldn't have used the line uh, endangering national security. It's It's one of those things where... I could see his point of view saying, "Oh, releasing sources of people under investigation, blah blah blah." I get that,
0: but in but all, it becomes honest, even more ironic yeah. when we get to the Democratic yeah. memo because there. Well, we'll get there. We'll okay, get there. okay. We'll get there. Yeah, I agree but, with you. But I, I will say though
7: that the way, and we talked about it last week, the way that this was being pushed, <laughs> and, and the way <laughs> the, that, hype cycle? the hype cycle, hype, hype. The the ultimate people who got played on this in general is the media. I mean, they, they got played like a fiddle on this because at at the end of the day- It's a nothing burger. There's nothing much there.
0: Well, okay. So let's talk about the contents yes, of yes, the memo. Is it a nothing burger? Is there nothing there? I want to ask you, see if you notice what jumps out at you about this next clip. All right. Well, Friday, the White House released a controversial- Oh, me- whoa, what's Ben? Ben Swan. Ben oh, Swan. Oh, Ben. Ben Swan, who got fired- He for- got fired from his daily TV job. A year ago- because he talked about Seth uh, Rich.
7: Yep. And then, you know, he had a pizza, pizza gate. gate. Yeah. Yep. So he one of the reasons why Mr. Ben Swan here got fired from his CBS 46 station is basically doing what he's doing right now, trying to do his own thing
0: outside of the realm of his news job. So I will talk about in the overtime. I have a clip about who is funding Ben Swan now. Ooh. All right. It's a little awkward. All right. That'll be in the overtime. All right. But uh, he has a pretty good runtime. That's a tease. It is. That's a huge tease. Right? Yes. But he has a pretty good rundown of what's in the quote unquote memo, which we have printed out. Right there. Right here. Well, Friday, the White House
15: released a controversial memo. It was meant to provide some context to the whole Trump-Russia investigation. The Nunes memo is four pages long, and it explains many of what seem to be very questionable actions by the Department of Justice and the FBI in how they got their hands on FISA warrants on Trump campaign officials. But here's the thing. More than just this case, this memo backs up what civil libertarians have been screaming about for years. And it begs this question. Can the FISA court system actually be trusted? Let's give it a reality
7: check you won't get anywhere else. Oh, break it down. Uh uh-huh.
0: Reality check. Powered by Dash. Oh. Wait. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Da- Dash? Dash. Yeah, we'll get into Maybe that. ISIS? <laughs> so, no, you're no. thinking of Daesh. Oh, Daesh. Yeah, no, it's not Diash. Oh. No, we'll get into what Dash is and what a DOA is or D A O. Anyways, that's in the overtime, but in the meantime. <laughs> Well, first, let's start with the noon's memo. It was long anticipated. So what did it
15: show? Well, the memo focuses in part on the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, warrants that authorize the surveillance of former Trump campaign policy advisor Carter Page. Now, first, the memo claims that on October 21st, 2016, the DOJ and the FBI actually sought and received probable cause orders authorizing electronic surveillance on Page. According to the memo, the FBI and the DOJ obtained three FISA warrants and then three FISA renewals, all targeting Page. Now, where things start to get really interesting is when you bring in that infamous Trump dossier, which was Uh-oh. created by former British spy Christopher Steele on behalf of the DNC and the Clinton campaign. The memo states that neither the initial application for the warrant in October of 2016 or any of the renewals referenced the roles of the Democratic National Committee or Hillary Clinton's campaign in funding Steele's efforts.
0: I want to stop there. So what the accusation that he is highlighting is, is that when the documents were submitted to the FISA court, they disclosed the Steele connection, but they didn't disclose the fact that Steele was being financed by the Clinton campaign and the DNC to the FISA judge.
15: Now, despite the fact that we know that Steele was paid $160,000, and even though the memo states that both the DOJ and the FBI were aware of the Democratic Party funding that dossier.
0: In fact, that, what he's saying there is the Department of Justice itself was aware of the funding source for Steele. In
15: fact, the memo claims this, that in the Carter Page FISA application, a Yahoo News article was cited extensively. But the memo states that the article did not corroborate the Steele dossier. Because it was derived from
0: information leaked by Steele himself to Yahoo News. This is something we have seen a lot. Um, The government officials, maybe it's the FBI or it's some panel, they will say, well, here is the media covering this news event. So therefore, it must be official. But in this case, this Yahoo News story was actually supplied by leaks from Christopher Steele directly. And then it was sort of this, this is where the term circular reporting comes from. Then when the FBI went to go point to the legitimacy of the dossier, they used this Yahoo News article as a alternative backup source to say, this must be legitimate because here is a mainstream news article talking about the information. But that news article was supplied with information by Christopher Steele directly. So it's the FBI saying the dossier must be legit when the author of the dossier was also the same person who supplied Yahoo News with the quote-unquote leak. Because it
15: was derived from information leaked by Steele himself to Yahoo News. In fact, the memo says that the FISA application incorrectly assesses that Steele did not directly provide information to Yahoo News. Steele has admitted in British court filings that he met with Yahoo News and several other outlets in September 2016 at the direction of Fusion GPS. Uh Uh-oh. Now, the memo also claims that before and after Steele was terminated as a source, which, by the way, according to the memo, was because of unauthorized disclosures to the media.
0: Pausing here, so what he means by a source is a source to the FBI. So he was a paid contractor, Christopher Steele, was a paid contractor to the FBI. Now um, there will be some questions if he was also employed by uh, MI MI six is it MI eight What, is the, uh, what uh, is the what is the was James Bond's uh, spy oh, agency MI six I yeah. <laughs> yeah If he was employed by both agencies at the same time, that's a no no. E- either way, that's a side note. Uh, he was an official source, quote unquote, for the FBI, and they fired him after it would after it became frankly obvious. It became just. Obvious that he was leaking directly to the media, Christopher Steele. And when the FBI realized that he was leaking directly to the media, they fired him as an FBI source. which, by the way, according to the memo,
15: was because of unauthorized disclosures to the media of his relationship with the FBI, was still actually kept in touch with the DOJ through then-Associate Deputy Attorney General Bruce Orr. Now, Orr, who worked closely with Yates and Rosenstein, eventually spoke with the FBI about his communications with Steele. In September 2016, Steele apparently told Orr that he was, quote, desperate that Donald Trump not get elected and was passionate about him not being president, end quote. The memo also notes that Orr's wife worked for, guess who? Fusion GPS, to help with opposition research against Trump, something the memo claims was, once again, not disclosed. The memo also claims that former FBI Deputy Director Andrew McCabe testified before the House Intelligence Committee in December of 2017 that no surveillance warrant would have been sought without the Steele dossier information.
0: Now I want to make sure we stop here for a second. I want to I want to come back to this because the claim here is is that no FISA warrant would have been sought without the Steele uh, dossier. Let's let's remember that for a moment. Um, I want to talk about that further. That no surveillance warrant would have been sought without the Steele
15: dossier information. Mm-hmm. There is, by the way, though no direct quote from McCabe's behind closed doors testimony. Now, for her part, Democratic House Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi told CNN that this memo is all a lie.
0: Listen. Now, I kind of feel like uh, the memo isn't necessarily a lie. It's just sort of a certain framing. It's more of like a, a narrative summarization of what's been going on. But I from, from from a perspective of Republicans. Yeah, well, I mean, it is. I mean, we should call it as that is because it is from the, I mean, cause it, it's from the majority. It's from, from Nunes. Well, and, yeah, it was from, it was voted on by the, but I don't consider the, the, myself like a Republican or a Democrat, but it seems no. to be, I mean, we've talked about the steel dossier. We've talked about fusion GPS. Yeah. We've talked about all of this for, for, Correct. for a year. Now. I mean, I'm not, I'm not denying that. Yeah.
7: The, but the thing though, is
0: it's re, their perspective. it though. was
7: their perspective on it. And then now obviously you have the democratic uh, uh, perspective coming We'll up. see. We'll yeah. see. Well, yeah. Uh, and so to to and when I read read through this memo, I mean you, you look at some of the notations. There you know there's some evidence that's just not there. There's there's I, I want to see it. I want to see the proof. I mean not just your, your opinion of the. And I'm speaking you know to to the to the committee. I don't want to just see your opinion on this. Yeah. W- where are you gathering these conclusions from? Where where's the meat? You're giving me the potatoes. Yeah. You're giving me potatoes. You're giving me some little vegetables. <laughs> I want my steak. And that gravy must have been made from a meat base right? <laughs> or some sort of soy product or something.
2: Here now, Fox News senior judicial analyst, Judge Andrew Napolitano. Judge, Judge good is to see back you tonight. Hey, um, to start. You know, to, just to sort of go back, because this is we've got a web of this up on the wall, which we're going to show everybody in a moment. Right. But but to go back to what Ed was reporting there, it, it it's outlined that a foreign source gave the information to an, uh, in this dossier, second dossier to an unnamed associate of Hillary and Bill Clinton and this is all during the campaign, right. who then gives it to someone in the Obama State Department.
0: My speculation, and uh, this make this a Red Book prediction, if you will. All right. I tend to be... Right on these particular things but
7: matt ears uh his ears just perked up
0: my red book prediction is that uh, the uh, person that they're not quite sure who the source is will be sydney uh, sydney blumenthal so she kind of dances around somebody an unnamed person tells these people i think my red book prediction is that it will at some point be revealed that it was sydney blumenthal
2: and this is all during the campaign right who then gives it to someone in the Obama State Department Right So get, give this to the You know, just leak this information over over to them Who then gave the information to Steele So it just, it keeps going around and around and around And you're looking for the foundation Of, of where the meat is underneath
0: it the- So what she's struggling to explain to you Because she doesn't understand it all But she's trying to read notes Is that somebody from the Clinton campaign Supplied somebody with Connected to Steele information Who then supplied it to the State Department
6: Which was then when in part of this memo And part of the dossier Same time this was happening Happening, the FBI was conducting a fraudulent and deceptive investigation of Mrs. Clinton's uh, improper handling of emails, arguably espionage, the failure to safeguard state secrets. So the Clintons were using enormous arms of the government, State Department, Justice Department, FBI, to assure that she not be prosecuted and to attempt to assure that Donald Trump not become uh, president. But Steele, Chris Steele... The now former MI6, that's the British version of the CIA agent. You know, James Bond. (laughs) Presents a very interesting problem here. This is the issue. This is the wording in the memo that came out last week, the Republican memo, that the FBI and the DOJ fought aggressively against. And it's the following reference to Chris Steele as, quote, a longtime FBI asset. Uh Uh-oh. Most people would say, all right, the FBI has all kinds of assets. Well. He is a former British intelligence agent. We have an agreement with the British government, Canadian, New Zealand, Australian. We will exchange information. We will not cherry pick each other's agents. He apparently was cherry picked by the FBI. If this happened while he was an MI6 agent, he could be prosecuted for espionage by the British government for being a British spy at the same time he was an American spy.
2: So that phrase in the memo that he was a longtime FBI asset, we know he was he was doing work for them. They were interested in his work. There's still, I think, some discrepancy over whether or not they were paying him. But they also say that they released him. Oh, they
6: were paying him at some one point.
2: Yes. So they had some kind of relationship, whether it was monetary or not.
6: I think they had a monetary relationship and at some time they at some point they decided either it wasn't credible or we can't trust you because you have become a leaker.
0: This is one of those situations where uh I think the people that run the nation laugh at us. Christopher Steele was an MI6 agent. And that bought him a certain level of credibility, which meant that after he was done at the MI6, he could sell his credibility. He could sell the brand of Christopher Steele to other interested parties like the FBI and to people who are in the, the leadership level of our society. That's so obvious to them that that's how it works, that they laugh at the pathetic nature, the naive nature of us as we struggle to understand how this all operates. They laugh at us. They laugh at us because that's what these people do. They go into this line of work and they spend 30 years doing it. So that way at the end of it, they can be like all of the former NSA leaders, all of the look at the look at the past two NSA directors. They now run major million dollar cyber companies that are that are defending um, America's corporate networks against cyber attacks. They've spun those government jobs into these multi-million-dollar cyber contract businesses. At a certain level, you get into these intelligence agencies to make money. After you get out, the pension that you get—that's like that's like nothing.
6: That's nothing compared to the brand that you can create, depending on how you play your cards. Not, I think they had a monetary relationship, and at some time, they at some point they decided either it was incredible or we can't trust you because you have become a leaker and leaking. Uh, classified material is a line that cannot be crossed, Mr. Steele. So you're no longer with us now.
0: That's why the FBI discontinued their financial relationship with Christopher Steele at that moment. However, he had to leak to the media so that way he could give credence to the dossier itself because the dossier takes its credence from the sightings in official news reports. That's the fundamental credibility that the dossier has is that some of the elements in the dossier are
6: confirmed by media reports, which were supplied by Christopher Steele. Because you have become a leaker and leaking uh, classified material is a line that cannot be crossed, Mr. Steele. So you're no longer with us. now. So they fired him. He left MI6 in 2009. This is very serious stuff. If before he left MI6, he was an FBI asset. The Justice Department and the FBI, which is not run today by the same people that were running it then. We're, we're talking about Eric Holder and Jim Comey has an enormous problem on its hand. That would explain... 2009
2: the... is a long time ago. Correct. We're talking about the 2016 campaign, but Correct. Can, can you prove that there was an overlap in his MI6 time and, in his, and his FBI asset we, time? We
6: don't know. Uh, but you uh, know they were com...
2: upset about that line in the mail. Yes,
6: and I know that Congressman Nunes intentionally used the ambiguous phrase, long time. Does it go back to 2009 or before or did it happen afterwards? I also That's know that... We need ex- to know. That explains the ferocity with which the FBI tried to prevent this from coming out.
2: Thank you, Judge.
8: We'll stay on it with your
0: help. Is- I think that's particularly interesting when you hear about this memo. Yeah, uh, and I agree with you. There's like, uh, if if you've been listening to this show, there's almost nothing. Really, this memo, and in a lot of ways, it is a it is a frickin nothing burger. It's just what it is. Is all the stuff that this show has speculated written down as yeah. an official mer- memorandum from the majority party. And,
7: and that's what I wonder: if Devin Nunes was listening to our show, compiled all the bullet points. And put it in a, in a
0: piece of paper. Perhaps. <laughs> Although the one thing that I think is really worth consideration is could they have gotten – It doesn't. And I'll, oh, sorry. I was smacking uh, my keyboard uh, hey, with hey, the
7: hey, – w- tra- is almost activated. Because,
0: I, w- <laughs> I know. I was literally smacking my keyboard with the memo. Um, could they have gotten the FISA warrant without the dossier? Because if – because if if they couldn't have gotten the
4: FISA warrant without the dossier, then we really do have a problem th- on our
7: yeah, hands. Yeah, th- then we have some meat
4: hired by we the DNC and the and the Clinton campaign, and the fact that he was biased against President Trump. That is all information that the f- that the finder of fact is entitled to.
16: Now, we should dig into this because you are, from my understanding, the only Republican investigator on the House Intelligence Committee who actually viewed the FISA applications, everything that went into essentially putting together this memo. So when you're talking about this steel memo, you are not saying that it was the sole piece of evidence used to justify these four authorizations of the surveillance
4: warrant, are you? No. Um, it was not the exclusive information relied upon by, uh, by the FISA court. It- Whoa. Wow. Go figure. All right. So
0: there you go. That I think you have to keep that completely in perspective. Yes. of Everything we're talking
4: about. It was not. I'm going to play not it again. The
16: exclu- authorizations of the surveillance warrant. Are you?
4: No, um, it was not the exclusive information relied upon by uh, by the FISA court.
16: Would but it have been authorized? Were it not for that dossier? No,
4: it would not have been. Uh, now
0: that is something else. Yeah, um, it was too. not
4: the exclusive information relied upon by uh, by the Pfizer court. Would but it have
16: been authorized? Were it not for that dossier? No,
4: it would not have been. <sighs> I
0: I gotta I gotta I gotta I gotta believe them. Um, and how and, can
16: you say that? Because it was authorized four times by separate judges.
4: Good question. That's legitimately nice, – Nice follow-up. Right. And the information was in there all four times. Mm, yeah. OK. That would okay. make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the judge doesn't do independent research. Yeah. That also makes sense. There are three Republicans that have seen every bit of information, three of us, Bob Goodlatte, the chairman of the judiciary, mm-hmm. Johnny Radcliffe, who was a former terrorism Johnny. prosecutor and a U.S. attorney in Texas.
0: I didn't even – you know, it's funny you say that. I didn't even know about Johnny until this whole thing was going down. So for like the last month, I've been following him. Um, this guy, I think, has
4: long-term ambitions. I have a sense that we'll be hearing more about Ratcliffe. And me, all three of us, have total confidence in the fbi and doj to be able to do the jobs that they have been assigned we have confidence in bob Mueller, and we have serious consideration serious concerns about this process so we have all three of those things in common including being concerned (laughs) about what what happened in 2016.
16: should all the information in the fisa applications be publicly disclosed declassified so that people can make their own judgment and see what you've seen
4: um, I, I think um, I'm going to defer a little bit to the Bureau and DOJ on um, it's a long application. If there are sources and methods that are, are not already known mm-hmm. that they think would jeopardize national security, I would um, I would defer to their judgment. The source that we revealed, uh, Chris Steele, was about the least well-kept secret in America. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I, generally, I, I err on the side of transparency and disclosure. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other hand, uh, there's a reason that this process um, is usually confidential. And, uh, and I don't want to set the precedent of all FISA applications being publicly seen.
16: Well, that's a concern in doing this memo.
4: Yeah, that's actually been interesting. Now, the New York Times is using. Yes.
0: And you know what? I think that's brilliant. Right. When, I, when I saw.
7: Hey, it's
16: no longer a secret.
7: Yeah. I mean, if the president signs off on this, let's go. So, give me the info.
0: So, um there was a couple of things he said in there that I thought we should talk about here for a second. Yeah. So, he said um that they they probably wouldn't have gotten the FISA authorization without the without what did he, what did, do you remember what exactly what he
4: said cuz I think it's pretty important. Well, without the, 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 the DNC and the I want to just play the beginning because yeah. I want to make sure we talk about this. And the Clinton campaign and the fact that he was biased against President Trump. That is all information that the f- that the finder of fact is entitled to. So he's talking about steel there
16: now. We should dig into this because you are, from my understanding, the only Republican investigator on the House Intelligence Committee who actually viewed the FISA applications, everything that went into essentially putting together this memo. So w- when you're talking about this steel memo, you are not saying that it was the sole piece of evidence used to justify these four authorizations of the surveillance warrant. Are you? No. Okay. Okay.
0: Let's talk about that for a second. So it is not the sole justification. So so those of you who are saying this this dossier is the thing that started this whole witch hunt, it is not just this dossier. There is other there are other bits of information, intelligence, uh sources of whatever that the uh, FBI or whoever was monitoring besides the memo. It it's not j- the if you remove the memo, like if you had a DeLorean and you
16: went back in time and you killed Christopher Steele, you may not have stopped this. Justify these four authorizations of the surveillance warrant. Are you?
4: No. Um, it was not the exclusive information relied upon by uh, by the FISA court.
16: Would it listen. have been authorized were it not for that dossier? No.
4: It would not have been. Um, what do you ta- what do
0: you make of that? It's so like I, it's it's like it's not the only bit of information, so but it sounds like it was the bit of information that put it over the top. So I would, I would, I think the interviewer
7: missed a golden opportunity there for a very key follow-up question, and that is, well, how? Because be, no, seriously, because, yeah, really, because the judge. I mean, we already heard I mean, she said you know four, three, four judges you know signed off on it, you know, continuing right. So that would be a great follow. I'm like, well, how do you know that? Like, is that your opinion, or is that that based upon uh, talking to a judge? I mean, how do you know that for sure? Yeah. And I would just want to know that answer. Because if he gave the answer, well, according to the court, they would not have approved it without the dossier. Okay, you got me. I'm in. But for him just saying yeah, and then just kind of moving on.
17: I hate that that. I hate
7: that, too, because it's like it doesn't
4: give me a full picture. I was pretty intricately involved in the drafting of it.
0: So Gowdy, being one of the few people that actually saw the underlying intelligence, was pretty much one of the sole sources for drafting this memo. This, this quote-unquote Nunes memo
4: is <laughs> it's probably really a trade Gowdy memo. And I was pretty intricately involved in the drafting of it. Uh, there is a Russia investigation without a dossier. Boom. So to the extent the memo deals with the dossier and the FISA process, the dossier has nothing to do with the meeting at Trump Tower. This,
7: this, all right, this is a very I've, – I've heard this part of the interview. This is very important because, remember, when the memo was released, the president was already over Twitter saying, you know what? There you go. This thing needs to be dropped right vindicated. now. Vindicated. I'm vindicated. And then he had so many people come to his defense. And I am full agreement here with Trey
4: is, you know, yeah, what about the meeting? What about all these other things? It doesn't negate that. The dossier and the FISA process – The dossier has nothing to do with the meeting at Trump Tower. The dossier has nothing to do with an email sent by Cambridge Analytica. The dossier really has nothing to do with George Papadopoulos' meeting in Great Britain. Um, It also doesn't have anything to do with obstruction of justice. So there's going to be a Russia probe even without a dossier. Yep, absolutely. And so that's why uh, this memo
0: coming out doesn't really change the trajectory of uh, Mueller's investigation. Because uh, dossier or not, they, they have enough for an investigation. Yeah, they, they, they have enough. Um, now, why don't we, well, along the same lines...
18: Some further revelations have emerged on the so-called Trump dossier, which describes alleged links between Donald Trump's campaign team and Russia. These relate to the author of the document, former MI5 agent Christopher Steele, and from where he obtained his information. Oh. Hmm.
0: Now, that does kind of matter. Samira Khan reports from Washington.
14: Mr. Steele's memorandum states that the report was information that came from a foreign subsource who is in touch with a friend of the Clintons. Uh. It is troubling enough that the Clinton campaign funded Mr. Steele's work, but that these Clinton associates were contemporaneously feeding Mr. Steele allegations raises additional concerns about his credibility.
17: Well, according to a newly released document, Clinton associates were feeding information to Christopher Steele while he was compiling the Trump-Russia dossier.
0: Okay, that kind of I mean, like if the Clinton campaign um, like, oh, I don't know, uh, some people that are closely associated with Hillary were supplying Christopher Steele with information. Well, that's that's.
1: That's awkward.
0: And what
17: is the document exactly? Well, it's a heavily redacted version of the criminal referral against Steele that was filed by Republican Senators Chuck Grassley and Lindsey Graham. Uh, Interestingly enough, it exposes coordination between the Clinton campaign and the Obama administration with the intention of damaging Trump. And in the document, it says it appears that either Steele lied or the classified documents contain materially false documents. But going back to Friday's memo, it states that Steele's dossier is full of unverified claims about Trump's supposed links to Russia. But most importantly, the memo asserts that the FBI didn't reveal the origins of the document. And of course, both the FBI and the Democratic Party have claimed that the memo is incomplete and misleading. However, some legal experts have also said that the FBI was actually under no obligation to reveal the memo's origin. So let's uh, quickly go back to how this all started. Uh, Steele was hired back in 2016 to find links between Trump and Russia, but according to reports, his dossier was based on unverified allegations provided to him by the clinton campaign
0: so he's hired by the dnc and the clinton campaign to look up information about trump but the information that he's given is by the same people that are hiring him.
17: Who was funding Steele along with the DNC? And then the Obama administration used that dossier to secure a warrant to spy on the Trump campaign. Now, it's been revealed that the Clinton campaign was not only funding Steele, but providing him with information. Well, the House Intelligence Committee has voted unanimously to release the memo, so we're just going to have to see how this all plays out.
0: Yeah, we will. I mean, so, okay, so Sidney Blumenthal, who uh, you may remember that name a little bit, like if that seems kind of familiar to you. Yeah. mm, That's because uh, he was the guy that was emailing Hillary about Benghazi and about Libya and about Gaddafi. And when Hillary was uh, in that interview where she laughs about the death of Gaddafi, she was reading an email by Sidney Blumenthal. So he's like one of these guys that is one of – just supplying information to Christopher Steele. <laughs> oh, man. It's, it's – it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see where that goes. It may go nowhere. You know, Chase, it may go nowhere. It, it may not. That's true. You, may, you never know. You never know. Good morning. We're taking a look at this, and it is raising a lot of questions, and it's shocking. Let's go right to it now um do you have but, any idea <laughs> like that seems oh. like that could like that could describe a billion different things
7: i saw the lower third flash up you, you oh okay you, you did you, you, to you go see back look at you, this I
0: yeah okay yeah
7: I, I mean and you you've you you now know that this is also a big nothing yeah. burger yeah, here too. We go. are you
0: ready okay hold on let me see here let's see let's go hold on we
7: need a nothing burger sound this is CNN breaking news. Fox News, big alerts. Some new text messages and it have re- been revealed. It's unbelievable. We're going to well, go to our correspondent now. It's sort now. of like it's
0: no. Actually, this is this is this is an interesting. Um, it's which which movie are you watching? Are you watching movie A or movie B? And if you're watching movie A. This is the Obama administration conspiring for Hillary and her investigation against her emails. Hillary needs to be impeached right. now. Yeah, impeach Hillary. And if you're watching movie B, these are text messages about the Russia investigation. And it's and, and of course, Fox News is watching their particular movie, so they run with that narrative. They Morning,
11: run. we're taking a look at this, and it is raising a lot of questions, and it's shocking. Let's go right to it.
7: This one on... <laughs> I hate these people. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, let's so go right you gotta realize they're playing to their audience, man.
0: I know, I know. I mean
7: and that's what it is.
0: But they're like twenty seconds into this and I they're know. like, let's go right to it. You've wasted Okay anyways. Well, September
7: it reminds me of like the running gag of here it is. It's the biggest story of the day. You're waiting for it. Right here after it this. comes. This is big. It's so big. We cannot wait to tell you about it. It is huge. You won't believe it. It is amazing. It blows my mind. Stay right there because we have the memo. We'll it's be coming right, right back. back after these messages. <laughs> That's what it
0: is. Dude. That's what it
7: it's is. seeing a
11: lot of questions and it's shocking. Let's go right to it. This one on September second, twenty sixteen. Pay right struck about preparing talking points for FBI Director James Comey saying POTUS wants to know everything we're doing. That what about Obama at the time. Now, by POTUS, they're referring to Barack Obama investigators telling Fox News this now raises questions about President Obama's personal involvement in the
0: Clinton email investigation. It doesn't seem to have anything to do with the Clinton email investigation.
7: And that's just, he wants to know what we're doing.
0: It just seems like it would be about like the Trump. I mean, like it could have been about. In fact, if anything, it could have been about uh, Manafort. We like, don't even know. Like it's the 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 Clinton investigation was wrapped up by then. It was done. Yeah. Look at the date. Look <laughs> at the date. <laughs> so who knows? But I'll well, keep but, I'll keep you know, watching. But see it, where but that it's, goes. But it's
7: amazing this morning how many outlets the you know right leaning outlets just ran full speed on that and. That, and that's and that's the part that really like starts to bug me as just a general everyday kind of guy where we, we we can't even come together and have a mutual respectful discussion anymore because it's so spun on both sides that it's like it's it's maddening and it's stressful because it's like all we want I think all we want everybody listening you and I all we want is a we want the truth just just the straight truth we want to know what's going on because no matter if you're a big fan of Trump or you hate Trump, don't you want to know the truth, like unbiased? Even when Obama was president, I know.
2: Same Obama, thing.
7: Uh, Clinton. I'm talking about know, Bill. I I, I just stop
0: the spin because it hurts us all. Now that O'Reilly's off the air, somebody's got to. <laughs> There's no spin zone. We need that again, right? Ah, uh, I know, man. Just, just. So, what do you I think about do. this whole shutdown thing? So as we record this show, there is like a probably zero point five percent chance that there 's going to be a shutdown
7: yeah it's li- well here I have two feelings about it you know, so as we record this show, the Senate uh, passed a bipartisan bill to uh, fund the government for two years, basically uh, which yeah, is, which hasn 't gone
0: through the house yet
7: which hasn 't gone through the house yet it, it will who knows the White House has already said that they they like it and they, they want it to pass. This co- uh, the co- market does not like it. The co- the market does not like it, and I I can tell you why they don't like it. It's pretty it's pretty blatant. It's have your cake and eat it too. Well, not only that, but look how much money is is being pumped into this budget three hundred billion dollars, three hundred billion, and, and and the part that has always worried me. And if you're a fan of No Agenda, and you've listened to John C. Dvorak talking about financial <laughs> crashes and things of that nature, the cycles thing, the cycles thing. This is dangerous territory because we can't afford it. And I, I'm, I'm a guy that, you know, we just gave a huge tax cut to corporations and, you know, they try to get their money and try to build stuff back. And here. now we're
0: increasing spending.
7: And, and now we're increasing spending. And so w- w- what does that mean? What does that do? It means buy an RV. Yeah. And it gets scary. That's the part that a lot of people I don't think are really thinking about
6: this. We don't have the money. If we don't change it, let's have a shutdown. We'll do a
14: shutdown. And it's worth it for our country. No, it's not. I'd love to see a shutdown if we don't get this stuff taken care of. President Trump calling for another shutdown if Democrats don't agree to his immigration demands, despite the fact that at the same time, Senate negotiators were touting bipartisan progress yeah. on a budget deal.
19: I'm optimistic. That very soon we'll be able to reach uh, an agreement.
6: We are closer to an agreement than we have ever been.
0: So they're not that far away. No. Uh, it looks like it's going to happen.
7: Yeah. and But it doesn't solve the immigration issue, which no. is a very polarizing They're punting topic. that for a bit. They're punting that for a bit with a self-imposed end line made by the president. Remember the the, the, the decision?
0: Yeah. Yeah. But that's do you remember – I know this is going way, 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 way back. Yeah. But Obama engineered the shutdown under his term too. True,
7: yeah, very true, and that didn't help. That wasn't helpful either. <laughs> no, no, and no, it wasn't. I mean, the thing is, it, it it just hurts because we all know at the end of the day, eventually a budget gets signed. We all yeah. know, and, and
0: they're looking like. The, I mean, so it looks like there's something they're all going to agree upon, and of course, one of the things that's 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 This key to it is spending way, way, way more money on the military. Just got to increase spending to the military. Yeah, but but this is something
7: where a president and, you know, I know uh, President Trump is your not typical president that we've ever had in our life. That being said, I think this is where you have a leader that says, you know what, this is not about partisanship. This is about the better of the country, and we need to have a solid budget that is conservative on spending, that we don't you know, borrow too much, but we take care of our troops and we take care of the things that we need to take care of. But to say just shut it down, shut it down, it, it, it's not helpful for any
0: of us. You know, I mean, I, I feel like you're saying that with – if you – if you go back to Chase of 2016, I think Chase of 2016 would be saying this is Ch- this is Trump playing the negotiator. He's playing hardball. He's, he's saying shut it
7: down. The
14: Senate budget negotiations it's, do now, not inc-
0: – I would
7: say that if he comes around maybe a few days later and goes, all right, you know what? I've gotten both sides together. You know what? We don't want to shut down. You know, it's like – Okay. You know what? I've all seen right. him play
0: that game. Okay. Yeah.
14: All right. I mean, I, I, mean yeah. I kind of
0: feel like it's him negotiating, but all right, let's finish it. Yeah. An
14: immigration yeah. overhaul, a longtime Republican goal. The Senate's two-year plan includes a boost in defense spending, alongside additional domestic spending the Democrats have been calling for. Press Secretary Sarah Sanders left to clean up the president's remarks.
20: I don't think that we expect the budget deal to include uh, specifics on the immigration reform, but we want to get a deal on that. Um, As we've said, we don't want to hold the government hostage
21: over these items.
14: Late Tuesday, Senator Lindsey Graham also indicating the Senate may be making progress on immigration. Talk about a cuck. I felt really bad yesterday. I feel
4: better today. Uh, People are, uh, I think we've got a a way forward that seems to be fair to everybody.
14: We're back in the ball game now. This effort coming amid backlash.
0: I hate it when people call it
7: a game. I hate it. it. Because... I don't you're, you're, you're affecting real people and, you know, people don't want to be played like a game. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I agree.
0: Yeah. Oh, man, that gets me. I just I, I just know piss. it's also. Yeah, because anyways,
7: because you and I, your family, our families, everyone's families. They're held in the balance. What do we always say, buddy? What do we always say? Show me the money. Show me the money!
11: Just as President Trump is pushing for a massive increase in the Pentagon's budget, a new audit says the Defense Department has lost hundreds of millions of dollars. What? I'm sorry, what? Lost? National security correspondent Jennifer Griffin has the latest tonight
0: from the Pentagon.
18: The Pentagon can't account for $800 million.
0: Oh, could you imagine? Could you imagine that kind of problem where you can't? Could you imagine? You can't. You Man, li-
7: I wish I knew what I did with my $800 million.
0: I'm honestly asking you for a moment to just conceptualize like you're trying to like just take care of your home financing and you can't account for $800 million. This— Jesus. Like, what kind of reality is that? This is the kind of shit,
7: I'm going to say, yeah, I don't cuss much on this show. No, you don't. But this is the kind of shit that really grinds my gears.
1: And that, people, is what grinds my gears. Tom? You know, outro, fair enough.
7: The, this is our money, okay? If you're an American, you know, and you and you know, you, you work hard, we all work hard, you know, we want to take care of our families, you know, we have to budget every single penny, yet the government can just... Waste money away, and I, I don't care who's in office. You're wasting our money? This is bullcrap. This is the really bullcrap.
18: The Pentagon can't account for $800 million, <laughs> that, according to a shocking internal audit of the Defense Logistics Agency done by Ernst & Young. Do
0: you have a sense, too, that $800 million is probably a low ball? Oh, yeah. It's
7: probably a low estimate. This is what they could figure out. Yeah. And there's no penalty for this. This is the part— Unaccountable. That-
0: that bugs
7: me. The it's one like, thing
0: that one thing that always gets more money is the Pentagon. Chris, what happens if you don't pay your tax bill? Oh, I get effed over. I mean, and, I mean, they they literally just take money from out of my account.
7: Right. I mean, like if you didn't pay your state taxes for your business, they just what come for me. They just yeah.
0: they literally come from the money you, you, out of my bank. You, account. You,
7: would you would be done. You would be done. You would not be able to do anything else, and you would not be able to do your business any longer.
0: No,
18: I'd be I'd be done. But
7: but th- this can go on. Status just get more money, more money. <sighs> Shocking
18: internal audit of the Defense Logistics Agency done by Ernst & Young. The Department of Defense continues to have unresolved accounting issues and is unable to provide sufficient evidential support for complete and accurate financial statements on a timely basis raising questions about how the pentagon is managing taxpayer money the white house plans to ask for billions more for defense on top of its current 700 billion dollar budget uh. the largest in the federal bureaucracy uh. last year the pentagon comptroller ordered an audit for the first time ever
7: it's been ever been clear to me all for- i want to know all i want to know and and by the way uh, this is not the first time Ten one oh five in the in the chat by the way put a nice video in there Back in two thousand one, Donald Rumsfeld, oh, two point three trillion. I remember. I, I vaguely remember this too. Oh know,
0: yeah, it's funny because you know you know why it might stand out in your memory. You remember why that might stand? out? Do you have any indication? It's uh, because it was on September tenth, two thousand and one. Yeah, September tenth.
6: Day <laughs> before.
0: <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I remember that very no, well. I mean,
6: According to some uh, estimates, we cannot track two point three trillion dollars in
3: transactions. Two point three trillion with a T.
0: Yeah, the next day was nine eleven. There's, there's, there.
7: Here, here's how you change these things. First, you get the districts right. You know, get rid of gerrymandering. It, we need to have it done by independent commissions, and we need to have we need to have not the ability for the politicians to pick voters. We, that needs to go for both sides. It needs to go, and then you need to start voting people out and that's the only way this stuff changes. Until that happens, this is just par for the course and you know we're going to bitch about it every single day but nothing will
0: change. Yeah. I like uh Rooker's uh, Rooker there in the in the Discord has a theory. Uh, that was all the money they spent on those white Toyotas. Uh, <laughs> we, we both went yeah, to the bell. That's totally what it was. That's right. A lot of Toyotas. Toyota, by the way, uh, their stock went up. Miraculous. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, Mr. Chase, yes, uh, Chris. before we get out of here, yes. before we get to the high note, yeah.
14: Reclaiming my time.
0: Yeah. Do we have anything in the sack this week?
7: Uh no. But I will I, I you know I will fill in for the sack. I, I will I will jump into the sack. Uh, the, the, I, I did throw so you're, out a you're no. so
0: you're going, in, you're, you're, you're I'm own going
7: sack. in I'm going in dry. Your own uh, your own sack. I, I did say, Hey everyone, some week, you know, you got Carter Page, you got Trump calling for a shutdown, you got the Pentagon planning for a parade, which I don't know if you talked about that in the overtime. Huh? Uh, yeah, don't get me started on that. The
0: memo. Yeah, the, the, the rec- overtime's
7: great. The Stay record, tuned. the record drop on the Dow. Oh uh, yeah, the Dow. Uh, I mean, fifteen hundred points. It's crazy, and it was only Wednesday. I'm sorry. I'm I'm too busy watching Bitcoin fall. Like a oh, I, <laughs> that's funny in mean, its own right. All I was gonna say is, you know, in regarding first the Dow. Hey, you guys, if you're in uh, you know, the 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 Generation X age range, you still got 20, 30 years to go, probably on average. Don't stress. <sighs> Just let it go. It's all right.
0: Let it go. It's gonna okay, be fine. I'm fun. just breathing. I'm breathing. It's be fine. I'm
7: breathing. Uh but all I gotta say is, you know, make sure that you're engaged. You know, that that you you you, you analyze your data, not from a bubble point of view. Man. Really try to push yourself out there. You know, that's one thing I, I really respect Chris and producer Matt in this show, and that is we really try to get Qu- uh, clips from from all sources. You know, we had a we had a CNN in there. I think we had an MSNBC, uh, RT uh, definitely was in there. CBS Morning, independent content uh, with Mr. Swan. Yeah. So so we have stuff all over the place, and I just want to say a big thanks to all of you guys who really do believe in what we're doing over at Patreon.com/slash/unfilter. That's the place where you can go. You can jump into Club Thirty Three, and you can provide me feedback every single week if you want to. Or this week. <laughs> Take a relaxer because I know some of our Club 33ers are like, all right, that's it. I need to, I just need to literally unplug for for, for this week. So it
0: happens. We'll keep going Definitely. as long as you support us. Yes. Uh, and no we matter do, the messages. And we do have the overtime coming up to say thank you to our patrons over there. You guys are great. And yeah, slash unfiltered. Absolutely. Go sign up. Yes. All right, buddy. Are yes. you ready? Let's do it. Mommy needs a joy. Mommy. Every now and then, even when you're the pioneer, you have to experience a few glitches. And I think Washington State decided to roll out something on the back end and it bit them on the front end.
20: There's been panic in some pot shops, all because they haven't been able to accept new deliveries. It comes down to an application bug in the tracking system. Have you heard about this? No, I have not.
0: Okay, so this is here, right here on the uh, in the Washington, and um, apparently...
7: I see this network I don't recognize, but that's okay.
0: Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah you don't yeah, recognize me I don't because recognize they're the, the, the competitors. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> they are experiencing a bit
20: of a glitch... During an upgrade to the pot tracking so system. step new deliveries. It comes down to an application bug in the tracking system. The state says that issue came up Saturday and it's all fixed. Oh. But business owners tell King5's Natalie Swaby they're still dealing with problems.
0: We fixed the glitch. I don't know what that is supposed to be. Is that supposed to be? like some birds coming. I mean, like what animal? You lived in Washington. Yeah. For, what animal is that? Oh, yeah. I I don't want to know. <laughs> problems. I don't know what animal that, I don't is. Know what that is. Anybody either. in the comments or the Discord, please let us know. I, yeah. as a lifelong Washington resident, I could not tell you what animal that's supposed to be.
12: So we are
21: super low on product right now. High demand and low supply. Oh my god, is what we got at the herbal center. They've been dealing with that problem for a few days. And for all of our edibles, there's about like one of everything. That's all we have. Manager Aisha Molness has had to tell one customer after another. Right now we kind of have like a little. Shout out to why. And a lot of customers aren't familiar with like what the traceability system even is. So it's like explaining something to them they don't even understand here it's mandatory that's government
0: bureaucracy at work ladies and gentlemen yeah right there and as somebody who has been involved in like a back-end it system switch and the front-end users have no idea what they're even working with and they have to explain it to customers it is it is just bad all around and that's what's happening right now these are growing pains ladies and
21: gentlemen so it's like explaining something to them they don't even understand here it's mandatory all marijuana must be tracked from seed to sale according to state law. We're super proud of that. Seed to sale, seed to sale. And the system that does that had a glitch. So for us what that means is if it's not up and running, we can't legally sell stuff. So the things that the products that come to us, we can't sell to customers. That just leaves what was on shelves before the tracking trouble. On any given time we probably work with like 50 different vendors. And they're all having issues. Uh, all
0: the-, the thing that they're not actually wow. explaining very well is that the vendors are delivering the product and they have the product. They just can't sell it. Right,
22: because everything has to be traced. All these products are ready to go. Uh, they're ready to go out to stores and and, uh, and and the stores can't accept them.
20: At Green Brothers Farms. Uh,
22: it's, it's quite the problem for us.
20: Andre Pilon.
22: It's hurting us. It's hurting us big time.
20: Has $14,000 worth of orders just
22: sitting. Because here, things are on hold. We're bleeding. We're, we're, we're bleeding dry. And we're not going to be able to pay payroll. We're not going to be able to pay our power bill. For this now, small farm. I have a
7: side comment on that. <laughs> and my side comment is... What is it, is, buddy? My side comment is, and you know, I'm, I'm a small business owner. You're a small business owner. You don't put yourself in that position. And that's... Honestly, you're putting yourself in that he he, he there's no excuse. He he was not prepared to weather an emergency situation.
0: The only um justification I could give him I'd love to hear it. is that it is such a new business just to begin with. But to be fair, he's only probably 2 years into this. I know, but to, but you, to be fair, you don't really have a lot of time to build up a parachute one or two years cuz a lot of really? times you're yeah, reinvesting I, I, all revenues back I was into the say, business. I mean,
7: uh, okay. But I mean, not even like you could weather a week
0: or a couple of weeks. That's the part I kind of agree with you on because it, like I, I think mean, that's what the we're point talking where about. He has to
7: disrupt payroll?
0: I think we're talking about just a couple of weeks
7: here. Yeah, that's that tells me maybe you need to look at your books and and right. keep, yeah. But But but
0: I bet you this is not super uncommon because it's new businesses and a lot of these people are figuring out how to run a business for the first time. Like you and I, you and I have had LLCs or or, or inks for like years now, but these guys, they're just doing this for the first couple of years. And
7: actually, you know what? I, I thought of something that I didn't even consider. What? A lot of these guys can't even do the traditional funding methods. They can't go to a bank and get an actual loan because the banks will not give them loans because of the federal blocking of this stuff,
0: that's a good. I, yeah. So,
7: so you know what? I, yeah. I I take back some of what I said there because a lot of these guys have to run a cash business on right. this stuff. So you
0: know what? Okay. And then if you're like, okay, now I got to pay a security guy, I got to yeah. get cameras, and then all of a sudden, boom, I don't have funding.
7: Yeah, I I, I get a little bit on that. All right, I,
22: I Dry, Sorry, about we're not going to be able to pay payroll. We're not going to be able to pay our power bill.
20: For this small farm, the glitch is a big burden. But according to the state's Liquor and Cannabis Board, a fix was rolled out yesterday. An application bug and a new traceability system caused sporadic problems, but the system should be functioning now.
22: I, I will believe it when I see it.
20: Andre says it's not
22: working for him. Looks like I've noticed some of my products have come over from the system into the new system, but they're not. Talking back and forth. Did the, did
7: the state ever explain why they had to switch to this new system and <sighs> cause the disruption in the first place? No,
0: but do you agree that when that guy says that, like you have heard that a billion times, and you
7: hear that about any other government entity or any program. any application yeah. migration,
0: yeah, any any time you're moving from one system to another, yeah. one database to another, yeah. Uh and it it really triggers like the the support person in me who's been there. And so like I totally understand where the state's coming. Like yeah. maybe they had the out al- so here's the thing is our pot system is being regulated by the alcohol and liquor board.
7: Yeah. Well well now they're calling themselves the uh liquor
0: and cannabis yeah. board. Thank you. Yeah. The liquor and cannabis board. Um it wouldn't surprise me if the system that they had in place was to track liquor. And then they realized and they just
7: kinda lumped it in and
0: Yeah, they yeah. just they just made it work. And it's
7: getting so big that they had to create a new system. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And so then they have to go through this but transition. S- but
7: still you would you, you I, I think you would warn the, your retailers and and your suppliers and everybody and say hey we're going to move over have on this Have you ever date.
0: moved somebody from like one exchange server to another and like you go through all of the things you got all the oh, boxes checked? Yeah,
7: absolutely. We we It's we, still we did,
0: never perfect. We
7: did a migration from a local exchange to Office 365 Yeah. and oh my god.
0: Yeah. Like you think <laughs> You got everything figured yeah. out. You got all the use cases figured out yeah. and it's still something breaks. I feel like that's what but happened th- here. This
7: is a, a story here. I mean Yes, and this is gonna a, it, happen in states everywhere. Yeah, and this is I know this is I know, but this actually is a great example to show sometimes the incompetencies for from, for from. Of, of, of government <laughs> right here.
0: Yeah, really. Yeah. Because they don't have enough funding to do enough testing, they don't have enough users out there. They couldn't be they well, couldn't put support personnel out at the individual stores. Or a
7: competition. Or you know, or a good
0: a good Nobody's vendor. doing a
7: different job. Or a good vendor. You know, I don't know if they, they vended out, you know, to multiple people for this contract or for the system. You know, it's it makes you ask a lot more questions.
22: Him. looks like i've noticed some of my products have come over from the system into the new system but they're not talking back and forth
0: god man if i haven't heard that a yeah, trillion times i know that just really that part right there <laughs>
22: that's government
7: i mean that with a capital g right there man
21: and back in this shop... He was about to leave because we didn't have what he was looking for. This manager is worried about keeping the shelves stocked. The Liquor and Cannabis
20: Board has its regular board meeting tomorrow, and I'm told people with concerns about this new traceability system plan to be there and protest. In Tonino, Natalie Swaby, King 5 News.
0: They're going to protest, but uh, this is obviously just the direction things have to go. They have yeah. this new system. They have to gonna, grow. Yeah, they're going <laughs> to have to work it out. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I have... Um, I have a, a funny story to share that I've never talked about on the show before, but uh, up in Skagit County, which is, uh, I don't know, 25 minutes north yeah. of the studio here, yeah. uh, I, was, I was heading out east on Highway 20, and I went past a pot shop, okay. and it was, it was a duplex. And I, I tell you, if this wasn't the most brilliant combination I had ever seen, when I saw this, and this was a year ago, I thought, this is the future, And this next clip, is it kind of highlights it perfectly. Is it Girl
7: Scout cookies and then the pot shop? Oh, my God. God, Really? (laughs) You're so good.
14: This young lady is one
16: smart cookie. An enterprising Girl Scout set out to make some sales and some news. She set up her cookie wagon right outside a marijuana dispensary in San Diego. So I'm going
0: out on Highway 20 here in Washington State. And I swear, I go past this pot shop. And it's half pot shop. And the other half is a is a is a bakery slash like sandwich shop. Oh, and fresh smells. Yes. And
7: oh god, I bet. And you know Holy what they crap. call themselves?
0: What Munchies? How brilliant is that? So it's one building. Half of it's a pot shop. The other half is a bakery and sandwich shop called Munchies. <laughs>
7: And by the way, the, the Girl Scouts uh, of America, yeah. you know, he Oh, was, don't spoil it, dude. Oh. Don't spoil oh, it. Oh, I didn't know that was in here. Oh, go, yeah, go, man. go, 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 She
16: set up her cookie wagon right outside a marijuana dispensary in San Diego. Travis Rice of KTVX has her story.
9: It's either bad parenting or genius marketing, depending on how you feel about the green stuff. It's adorable. Cell phone video shows a nine-year-old selling Girl Scout cookies out of a wagon near a marijuana dispensary. The girl's father wants he and his daughter to remain anonymous, but says she sold 312 boxes in two three hour <laughs> trips on Wednesday and Friday. This Instagram post from the dispensary, Urban Leaf, even advertised the girl would be outside. We all looked at
8: that, and our first inclination was it must be a booth sale because it said until 4 p.m.
9: Allison Bouchon with Girl Scouts San Diego says they saw the social media post back at HQ and had to consult the book. That's that's the Bible for you guys.
5: This is. This is our family cookie guide.
9: The Girl Scouts allow booth sales generally in front of any business, even dispensaries, once they're approved. Bouchon says this would have been a major no-no if... The girl had a table at the door, but the wagon off site changes everything.
8: So, if that's what they were doing and they had their cart and they were walking around their community, then that is right and well within the rules.
9: As for hundreds of boxes sold in a few hours, the competition has just begun.
8: From a seal stone, she has done all right, but.
9: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I like stories like this yeah.
7: because, first off, you got a cool dad that gets it yeah
0: yeah you
7: got a daughter's like hey i just need to sell cookies dad mm-hmm. <laughs> you know this is great all the way around i love yeah. it
0: also is that like some sort of weird pyramid scheme <laughs> i would like the audience's feedback yes, on that as well please let me know because yes. that sounds creepy when i think about it yes but it's genius like if i had a food rv like if i could convert lady jupes into a food rv i would serve food right outside a popular pot shop oh yes that just seems obvious. Anyways, let us know your great business ideas. Go to jupiterbroadcasting dot com slash contact, choose on filter there, or let me know. I'm at Chris L A S. You can also let that guy know what you think, he's at Nunes. That's right, you can actually see
7: the real memo. Released memo.com, by the oh, way. You can check that out. Check that the out. The real memo. Hey, by the way, also I do a lot of Twitch gaming streams. Twitch.tv slash GeekGamerTV. Also have a Discord. Discord.gg slash GeekGamerTV as well. Powerful, powerful. Powerful stuff.
0: Now the show's not quite over yet. If you've got a little more time, I recommend you stick around for the overtime. We'll go into further detail on some of the stories we've covered. We'll continue some other, short st- some other stories like uh, Chase's favorite topic: the Vegas shooting. Oh man,
20: <laughs> man!
0: But if you gotta go, then why don't you go get a little more newness in your face, Chase? Where, where, where could they go to get more newness in their face? Well, at newness on Twitter. No. What do you mean? Give me something else. Uh Nunes versus Nunes.com. Nope, nope, nope I want something else.
7: Uh I don't know, man. What about geekgamer.tv. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. That's right, GeekGamer.tv. Yeah. It's a good hub. Yeah. It's a good place to go.
0: Also you can find more of the network at Jupiter Signal. That's right. Go over there. I'm at Chris L A S. Boom. Patreon.com slash unfilters where you can support us. And why don't you join us live? Go to jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar to get our live time, and we'll stream it Wednesdays at jblive.tv. Thanks for being here, and we'll see you right back here next next week. week. down the hatches. Hide your kids. Hide your wife.
4: It's overtime time.
14: Reclaiming my time. Oh my gosh, it's Anderson! Mommy needs
0: a joint. A big thank you to our six new patrons this week. Oh! You guys are great. I appreciate every single one of you. We'll start off the week with the most challenging one. It's like they're trying to get me. Tiger Stylus. Our first new patron this week, Tiger Stylus. Michael, D-Board, Cooline! Cooline! That's a great one. Cooline. And Will Edge and Matthew J. You are, our patrons? Thank you. Thank you for staying woke this week. I appreciate you, and I appreciate everybody at patreon.com slash unfilter. This here, overtime, this packed overtime this week, It's dedicated to you amazing sons of bitches. Thank you so much for supporting the Unfilter show. We have so much to get into here in the overtime. You know, uh, the O Nancy segment's my favorite place to start, and I, I like to... I'd like to make sure you understand that it's not because I'm just picking on the very rich Nancy Pelosi. No, no. I mean, that may be an element of it, though I don't think so. It's really about... it's. I've been, I've been like a dog on, on a bone. Boy, you should see Levi with bones. Well, I know I have a whole new understanding now that I got a studio dog. I have a whole new appreciation for that expression. Anyways, Nancy Pelosi. She's pulling quite the stunt today. Quite the stunt. She's been going for six hours trying to make a political statement. It's a bold political move, out of nowhere, even when her party is already kind of all on board with the new budget deal. So what, what's going on? Why is Nancy Pelosi all of a sudden making some big stand? Why is she taken to the floor to defend the Dreamers? Well, you have to understand a bit of context. In fact, it's the very reason we've been doing this Oh Nancy segment for so many weeks. Nancy Pelosi represents the possibility of a
23: full, all-out, inter-party war for the Democrats. It will be an intra-party war. House Democrats Contemplate a Post-Nancy Pelosi World by Heather Cagle and John Bresnahan Nancy Pelosi is betting everything on taking back the House in November, and most Democrats are confident they'll pull it off. But what happens if they fail? A stealthy discussion is already underway within the Democratic caucus, particularly among members whose only experience in Congress is in the minority. Assuming Pelosi either leaves on her own or is pressured to step down, her exit would trigger a messy battle between the party's old guard, led by House Minority Whip Steny Hoyer, Democrat Maryland, and the party's younger members, represented by House Democratic caucus chairman Joe Crowley, Democrat New York. It's a generational showdown that's been put off for years, but one that Democrats might not be able to avoid much longer. "It will be an intra-party war, that's what you can expect," said Representative Alsie Hastings, Democrat Florida, who predicted a mass exodus of Democrats if they don't win the House in November.
0: A mass exodus if they don't win, and it's going to be Nancy Pelosi's head. So that's the context why Nancy Pelosi is taking a stand, and she's going to go as long as her leadership minute allows. I now watch very closely, especially if you're watching the video I version. I
14: one minute to leader uh, Pelosi.
0: Yep, that's your good buddy, Na- Maxine Waters. Her and Nancy are working together on this one. Even when they're working together, though, if you watch carefully. You'll notice that Nancy Pelosi was completely unprepared for what is obviously a planned political stunt. Watch her fluster.
14: I yield one minute to leader uh, Pelosi.
24: Charlie's is recognized for one minute.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's so much better if you can see it because she's literally like flustering for papers. She's like whispering to Maxine, even though this is obviously a planned thing. I don't know if maybe Maxine was supposed to take a little bit longer because I can't quite. I'll boost it a bit. I can't quite make out what maxines or what uh, Nancy's saying. Pelosi. Oh, me. Got lots
24: of general, okay. is recognized for one minute. Yeah,
0: I can't make it out.
12: Thank you, Mr. Speaker. I thank the general, lady. For yielding and congratulate her on her extraordinary leadership.
0: So this is the beginning of what turns out to be a six, or at least as I went on the air, a six-hour stand. She may still be going. I don't, I don't think so, but she may still be.
12: Uh, as a ranking Democrat on the Financial Services Committee, uh, she has been a champion for America's working families, protecting consumers, protecting the taxpayer.
0: Yeah, she's talking about Maxine.
12: Doing so in a very balanced uh, way sensitive to the needs of all parties concerned. I'm so proud of her leadership and her service. Thank you. So proud. Congressman Waters. So proud. Uh, Mr. Speaker, I rise in opposition to the bad bill for hardworking Americans that's on the floor today. Here we go. The cynically named Mortgage Choice Act provides anything but choice. Instead, it raises costs on consumers who have few alternatives. And
0: she actually uh, has a, she's done pretty well. I, I tuned in throughout the day and watched her. Um, But some of her fellow Democrats weren't quite in the same fighting spirit. Watch as representing Matsui dozes off during Pelosi's filibuster. Now, if you're watching the video version, she's the gal sitting behind Nancy in the orange jacket. And she looks very sleepy.
12: Until we graduated summa cum laude from the University of Cincinnati with a degree. And they're closed.
0: And she has fallen asleep while Nancy Pelosi's talking. And if it wasn't for the fact that Nancy Pelosi's about to blow her nose, she'd probably drift off into some wonderful dreams. Keep watching.
12: She then worked as an accounting firm. She dreams of becoming a certified public accountant.
0: Nancy Pelosi turns and begins to blow her nose, which then, unfortunately, uh, wakes the representative up.
12: She's to be one, explain what America oh, means to her. Oh, I'm up, she says. Quite simply. <laughs> if, you have,
0: if you're have, if you on the audio version and you have the supporters saying, I encourage you to go get that clip because that's pretty great. Falling asleep right there is pretty great. And so, yeah.
24: Nancy Pelosi won't budge. Democratic leader Nancy Pelosi is on the House floor talking about DREAMers and calling for Speaker Ryan to commit to a vote on an immigration bill as Republican leader Mitch McConnell has in the Senate. She says if Ryan won't commit to this,
19: she's going to oppose the Senate deal.
12: Why should we in the House be treated in such a humiliating way? So what is
0: this about? It's about the fact that now Politico and other well-read DC magazines are openly speculating about an inter-party war, about how Pelosi has to go. And there's a meme developing. I feel like The Unfiltered Show has been on top of this, but the meme is, Every time Pelosi speaks, more people vote Trump. Every time Pelosi speaks, more people vote Trump. That's going to be devastating for her if that takes off. And there's there's commentators now on the uh, various cable news networks that we all hate that are trying to push that meme. <laughs> I, yeah, I'll i tell you, there's one individual speaking to the cable news networks that I had to toss, I don't know, four of his clips out just because it would have been all cucker all the time. Cucker Tuckerson was on
13: fire this week. Devin Nunes' four-page memo looks like it won't be the last declassified document to shake up Congress. Oh. The House Intel Committee just voted unanimously to release a Democratic counter-memo, one that seeks to rebut the assertions in the four pages that Nunes released on Friday. If you're keeping up with this, we should be able to see the new memo soon. And no matter what it says, that's probably a good thing for everybody. For the first time in generations, Americans have reason to believe that our intelligence and law enforcement agencies gravely misused the powers we have given them, violating the civil liberties of Americans and taking sides in political contests. Well, you can't trust a government that would do something like that, and many Americans don't. That is a disaster in a democracy where the trust of the population is key. Transparency is the only antidote to that. So release all the documents, all relevant documents, and let the rest of us decide what they mean. Maybe that'll make us trust our government again. Nothing else will. Well, Democrats disagree with that. Just last week, party leaders and their lackeys in the media were yelling at the rest of us about how releasing the Nunes memo would constitute a deadly threat to America. They said that for days. And then the memo came out. Whatever you think of the memo's conclusions you got to be honest and concede there was not a single thing in there that you should not have been allowed to see. There were no classified weapons programs discussed, no names of secret agents revealed. Democrats, it turns out, didn't want it released because it might embarrass them. So on Friday, we spoke to California Congressman <laughs> Eric Swalwell. He's a member of the House Intelligence Committee, right in the center of this. And we asked him the obvious question. None of this should have been secret in the memo. Why did you fight to keep it hidden? Well, Swalwell didn't answer that question. Instead, he accused us of betraying our country. Here's part of the exchange we had. In the case of today's memo, what specifically have I espoused that empowers
10: threats to our country. I love how he perks up. You're you're peddling the narrative that the Trump administration is putting out, which also is the Putin narrative because they're Uh retweeting this with their Russian bots. This if you're on the same side as WikiLeaks and if you're on the the same side as WikiLeaks and Putin, you should Uh take a step back and wonder whose bidding are you really doing? Whose bidding
13: are you really doing? So, for wanting to see the memo, we are treasonous agents of Vladimir Putin. You probably grew up reading about the McCarthy era, where demagogues in Congress made baseless claims of foreign collusion, destroying the lives of American citizens in the process. You probably didn't think you'd live to see it happen again. But it has. About a year ago, we spoke to another Democratic member of the House Intelligence Committee, Adam Schiff of California, and we asked him another obvious and straightforward question. What evidence do you have that the Russian government hacked John Podesta's email account? Often alleged, never proved. So we pushed. Schiff got squirrely. we pushed him again. Here's what happened. Can you look right into the camera and say, I know for a fact the government of Vladimir Putin was behind the hacks of John Podesta's email. Absolutely. The government of
3: Vladimir Putin was behind the hacks of our institution and the dumping of 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 John Podesta's email, not only in the United States, but also in Europe. Okay, you're not.
13: You know what? You're not. A not t- and, and Tucker,
20: <laughs> you look and you, you say, are, "I know they turn. did." Chuck passed his emails. And and hacked I, And those. I
3: think that uh, Ronald Reagan. You can't will be rolling uh, over Ronald, Reagan fine. Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan. You're carrying water for the Kremlin. I'm not which Trump.
20: Trump. Man. Which
13: you're, oh man! Oh man! You're a sitting member of Congress on the Intel committee, and you can't say, "I hacked." You're gonna have
3: to move your shoulder to RT Russian television.
20: Love that.
13: Carrying water for the Kremlin, disloyalty to America, treason. In a oh. single year on this show, we've been accused of betraying our own country by more than 20% of the Democrats in the House Intelligence Committee. What is this about? Part of it, obviously, is politics of the most cynical kind. The Democratic base has been fed Russian conspiracy theories for months now, and they're primed to believe literally anything on that subject. Without, uh, within hours of appearing on this show last week, Eric Swalwell was out raising money on our, quote, attack on the rule of law. Our questions were an attack on the rule of law, by the way. that's dishonorable and untrue, but at least it makes a kind of sense in a sleazy Washington way. But what if these guys are actually starting to believe the lies they tell? In a speech last week, Adam Schiff. That's what I'm thinking, actually. So I've been watching a lot of
0: Adam Schiff recently. So the speech he's about to play a clip from that you can find over an hour of Schiff on the Internet uh, at this at this event. And uh, I watched it trying to understand Adam Schiff. And um, I believe that Adam Schiff has a belief system that the Russians were involved here. It may just be that he is removed enough from the people behind the scenes and he's just bought in because he's one of their soldiers and the soldiers don't question the leaders. And uh, it's he really believes it. And uh, Cucker here is about to play a clip that uh, is maybe one of my favorite moments from his
13: over hour long talk in the sleazy Washington way. But what if these guys are actually starting to believe the lies they tell? In a speech last week, Adam Schiff accused Russia of a crime so bizarre that even the most diabolical Soviet-era leaders never would have dared attempt it. Watch this. They also trumpeted
3: the Second Amendment. Apparently the Russians are very big fans of our Second Amendment. They don't particularly want a Second Amendment of their own. This is at a college. You notice that he used the
0: words trumpeted too. That's um, no mistake are very big fans of our Second
3: Amendment. They don't particularly want a Second Amendment of their own, um, but they're really glad that we have one. Um, The Russians would be thrilled if we were doing nothing but killing each other every day. And sadly, we are. Oh,
0: you see what he's saying there is that the Russians want you to have your guns. You're being influenced by 4D chess player Vladimir Putin because you want your guns. That's what he's saying to these college students. Fans of our Second Amendment.
3: They don't particularly want a Second Amendment of their own, um, but they're really glad that we have one. Um, The Russians would be thrilled if we were doing nothing but killing each other every day. And sadly, we are.
0: This guy is a monster. You see, so what he's done is he has internalized the Russian threat. I think when he goes on CNN and says the Russian bots are influencing Twitter, he he may actually believe that to be true. Like he might actually think that there's no way the U.S. people would want to release a memo. It must be Vlad. It must be Vlad. And that's his belief structure here. It's remarkable,
3: um, and the whole hour he's like this. He truly believes. They also trumpeted the Second Amendment. Apparently, the Russians are very big fans of our Second Amendment. They don't particularly want a Second Amendment of their own, um, but they're really glad that we have one.
0: Um, Go kill yourselves. The yourself. Russians
3: would be thrilled if we were doing nothing but killing each other every day, and sadly, we are.
0: Man, does that not fire you up a little bit when you hear that? That gets me angry.
13: So if you're following along at home, how determined are the Russians to destroy American democracy? Well, so determined, says Congressman Schiff, that they will even attempt to promote our own Bill of Rights. Next thing you know, they'll be reprinting the Federalist. Oh, the Slavic mind. Dastardly. This is demented, and there's no other
0: word for it. it- say it again. Say it again. It is starting to feel demented. It's crazy.
13: Slavic mind, dastardly. This is demented, and there's no other word for it. It grows, of course, from our ruling class's unwillingness to face the lessons of last year's election. Voters rejected them. They can't accept that. They blame Russia. We get it. But at what cost all of this? Schiff and Swalwell are not college professors. They're not CNN anchors. They're members of one of the most powerful and important committees in the Congress, one charged with overseeing our vast intelligence apparatus. They're supposed to be sober and thoughtful and smart, but they're not. Instead, if you dare ask an uncomfortable question, they accuse you of working for a hostile foreign dictator. Strictly speaking, that's a death penalty offense, by the way. This is your opposition party. These are the people who are supposed to be giving us an alternative to Trump, who they claim is too irresponsible to rule. But they're more irresponsible, and they're angrier, and they're more reckless. And most terrifying at all, they are poised to take power. Nine months from right now, at the midterms, they may. Chances are, in fact, they'll be running Congress again, these people. The ones who cavalierly accuse fellow Americans of treason, who mock civil liberties, who believe the U.S. Constitution itself is some kind of Russian ploy, they'll be in charge. Adam Schiff will be chairman of the Intel Committee. If there was ever incentive for the Republicans to get their act together seriously and do it fast, you just saw it.
6: This is CNN breaking news.
0: Yeah, he's on fire this week. He's completely right. Um. That is, and that is a sad state of affairs when Cucker Tuckerson on Fox News can be completely right on this and uh, our politicians can be completely wrong. I, I think if they manage to seize power as this form of the current Democratic Party, it will be short lived. They have to become more of a populist party. They have to become more representative of the middle class. That's where their strength lies. And as long as they continue to be these corporatist monsters who align themselves with corrupt intelligence agencies, they're not going to hold power for long. It's just how it works. And in the meantime, everybody else can spin this in different ways. And they are. Take CNN, for example. They're not spinning this as obvious corruption and abuse of the FISA courts and obvious abuse of the uh, – of course, I'm referring to the revelations in the memo. An obvious abuse of surveillance powers. No, instead, it's none of those things. It's none of those things. It's not a red flag about the use of FISA and the NSA and the FBI and the obvious political bias that's there. No, no. No, no. It's about Sean Hannity.
20: Let's
25: be honest. This week, Sean Hannity won and the rest of America lost.
0: And you see what what CNN and others are doing here is brilliant because it works. It works at a subconscious level. It makes you think that this is Sean Hannity's victory and people just freaking hate Sean Hannity. And so if you can go this is like um it's like a side channel attack. They're side channeling attacking your brain. They're bypassing your logic core and they're directly accessing memories of hate for Sean Hannity and they're single reading those and exposing those back to you to make to make you think that this entire memo gate situation is a Sean Hannity hype bubble. The pro Trump media led by Hannity has circled the wagons
25: around President Trump. They've distracted people about the truth uh, involving Trump's Russia ties.
0: And also keep in mind their close, close, close relationship with Adam Schiff.
25: And they've done everything possible to destroy faith in Robert Mueller's probe.
0: Now, this is the line that just completely blows my mind. The memo, the Nunes memo is meant to distract from the Russia investigation. In fact, that's just what he said. He just said that. And they've done everything possible
25: to destroy faith in Robert Mueller's probe. And look, Hannity won. It worked. You got to give him credit where it's due. Hannity gave a megaphone to the GOP congressman who said they had a smoking gun memo proving a deep state conspiracy against Trump. Hannity hyped it night after night after night in January like a human countdown clock. (laughs) (laughs)
13: We have massive breaking news tonight. The biggest, frankly, we have ever reported on about the Russia investigation. And they will make Watergate look like an insignificant blimp on your radar. A source is telling me this is going to all be proven right. I have a message tonight for the special counsel, Robert Mueller. Your witch hunt is now over. It is the biggest national scandal by far in our lifetime. What we are uncovering
6: uncovering here is far worse than Watergate. People need to be held accountable. He's not actually wrong. Uh, You know,
0: seltzer water here will try to pitch that as crazy. But this is way worse than what Nixon did. This is way worse. And now you have text messages about Obama wanting to be directly informed. Trump reportedly watched that and loved it. And he told aides
25: the memo needed to come out because it would undermine Mueller. And on Friday we all saw the coverage. It was never going to live up to the hype when you've got Hannity talking What
0: did he say there? What did he just say there? I'm sorry, I didn't hear what this broadcast professional just said. Coverage. It was never going to live up to the hype. Lup. It was never going to lup to the hype. I think that's what he just we said. Saw the
25: coverage. It was never going to live up to the hype when you've got Hannity talking about this being Watergate times a thousand. But the noise around the memo doesn't make much sense anyway. Devin Nunes alleges surveillance abuses, even though he recently voted to support greater surveillance powers. And the timeline doesn't make much sense either. But come on, when you're trying to confuse people, that doesn't matter,
0: says the person who's intoxicated and coming and, and, and not leaving any facts down there at all. I love seltzer water, especially this part of it, though. All the questions. I, wait for it. This part. Let's be honest. This week, Sean Hannity won. And the rest of America lost. That is beautiful framing. That's he just got he just got every like CNN just got all of their value out of seltzer water right there. That's honest. This week, Sean Hannity won. Oh, people hate that. People hate that. So that's actually, yeah, despite his totally lousy ability to make a point, I think he really nailed that line. And that's going to get people fired up. That frames it in their minds as this is a right wing media thing which uh, gives them the excuse to ignore the details about what the memo actually said. And I think that's the key thing, is if you give them an emotional excuse, well, this is, this, you know, this is that goddamn Sean Hannity, that son of a bitch over there who's constantly, he, I think he's a birther. He hates Hillary. That Sean Hannity's a real monster. We should boycott his sponsors. We don't need to pay attention to any of this memo stuff because it's just that Sean Hannity. And it works. It works. I see it in people that I know and respect in my life. I see them getting triggered by the name Sean Hannity and then just dismissing everything about the memo after that.
11: You Just moments ago, we received a uh – The former FBI director, James Comey, sent out uh, this doozy of a tweet.
0: Oh, a doozy.
11: Uh, Quote, all should appreciate the FBI speaking up. I wish more of our leaders would take heart, but take heart. American history shows that in the long run, weasels and liars never hold the field. So long as good people stand up. Not a lot of schools or streets named for Joe McCarthy.
0: What does that mean? What is he even saying there? What kind of defense is that? That doesn't make any sense. Um, Big Kitty and I both agree that there is one thing that's been in the news these last couple of weeks that makes us sad. And that's that uh, Representative Gowdy is not going to seek re election. I think he's one of the more effective representatives. So it's a major disappointment. Oh, I don't know about it. <laughs>
16: I want to ask you about the other big news of the week that that you made. Uh, You surprised Washington (laughs) with announcing your retirement, that you're not going to run for Congress. Why did you decide to leave?
4: You know, I'm just I I enjoy the justice system more. I enjoy being fair. Um, I enjoy the pursuit of fairness uh, as a virtue. And um, I'm just more comfortable in that system. Um, My wife hates it when I say this, but I was a pretty good prosecutor, I think, uh, but I've been a pretty lousy politician. So I've done it for seven years. Um, I'm really grateful for the opportunity to do it, but it's time for me to, uh, whatever time I got left, I want to spend it in the justice system because that's where my heart is. um, Why do you say you're a lousy politician? I just, I I see um, multiple sides of a single issue. Um, And the fact that someone disagrees with me um, does not make me challenge, uh, their love of the country. It doesn't make me believe that they're corrupt. Um, I've got a lot of friends on the other side of the aisle. We disagree on this issue, but, um, but I don't question their love for the country. And I don't, I I just, I don't think the end justifies the means. I think the manner in which we get places matters. And in politics too often, winning is the only thing that matters. And uh, look, every hero I have is lost. Every one of them. So, losing is not the worst thing in the world. Not knowing what you believe and not caring enough about it to fight for it—that's the worst thing in the world.
16: Do you world. think you served justice in your time in Congress?
4: Uh, not like I did in my previous job. I tried. Um, Ouch! It's about winning in politics, Ouch. and um, that is not what the, the courtroom. There's a reason. We throw out search warrants even though we found a murder weapon. There's mm-hmm. a reason we throw out confessions even though we think the person did it. The process matters. The end does not justify the means. And in politics, it's just about winning. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I can't – I don't want to live like that.
16: Congressman, thank you for coming yes, on thank you telling your story.
0: Wow. Um, and you got to wonder if this recent experience – so he's one of the two Republicans that have seen the actual – underlying intelligence data and the, and the FISA court uh, submissions that the Nunes memo was based off of. And it was after he went through that that he announced this decision. Could be a coincidence. Could be that he saw what was going on and realized that D.C. is so screwed that he's got no runway as a politician. And the only chance he might have to do something good is to bring some of these sons of bitches to justice. I hope that's why he's quitting. I hope his plan is to screw some of these corrupt politicians from inside the Justice Department. I'm very skeptical because it seems that the head of the Justice Department is clearly a political office and seems to be able to control what happens beneath it. But Trey Gowdy has a way of making noise, so you never know. Speaking of making noise, when you need to get funding... You make noise about saving the children. A
16: staggering statistic from Kentucky's Attorney General. Any given moment, half a million child predators are preying on children. Nine on your side, Brianna Malloy got a behind-the-scenes look at a cyber crimes unit that is tracking
26: down tri-state criminals and their advice on how to keep your kids safe. The cyber crimes unit here in Frankfurt has helped track down thousands of child predators. And they say Brothers. these predators... Come from everywhere.
24: This unit has arrested a former um, uh, police officer, police sergeant here in Kentucky. A Southern Indiana minister, a Lexington firefighter.
26: It doesn't matter what neighborhood you live in. Uh,
24: well, we made an arrest.
7: Uh, I believe it was early last year of a U of L researcher who had uh, babysat two kids that I know right down the street from me.
26: Those investigations. And-
0: this I can't help, um, but see this as intentional narrative framing to scare the shit out of parents they make it sound like their little tiny local corner of the world is under threat by predators all over I the two
26: world kids
7: that i know right down the street from me
26: those investigations and thousands more were led by this man tom bell from the cybercrimes unit
24: you would think you'd see it all in the job that we do but yes there are always there's always something that surprises you.
26: Bell's unit has sophisticated methods for taking down criminals, from posing in chat rooms to hacking phones to elaborate setups.
24: We've launched larger and larger operations.
26: But how can we keep our kids safe? The best way? ...is to pay attention.
24: What is this app? Why do you have it? What are you doing with it? Who are you talking to?
26: And Bell also recommends that parents charge their child's tablet or phone in their own room... ...so predators can't contact them at night.
24: It's not about trusting the kid. It's about not trusting the rest of the world.
26: And as parents look out for their children, Bell will be here hunting the criminals.
0: Oh my goodness, that's thick. Mmm. I hope
24: you brought something to break that thick, creamy taste... I sometimes will see my kids when I'm working these investigations or think about my kids while I'm working these. So it's, it's, it's very worthwhile. It's, it's very rewarding to be able to find these people and take them off the street. You should be thinking that, too.
26: And the attorney general's office also said that the best way to prevent these crimes is for everyday people to step up and say something. If you suspect that a child is being abused, even if you end up being wrong, it's better to play it safe and tell law enforcement. Brianna Malloy. Nine on your side.
0: What is your thoughts on um, the motivation behind that reporting? Let me know in the comments. So we mentioned earlier in the show that Ben Swan was back. Uh, He actually released a video about his return. I'm just going to play a bit of it. You remember Ben Swan. um, And here's his I'm back video.
15: Hey there, guys. Ben Swan here. Or should I say Ben Swan is back? (laughs) You know, just a few days from now, we're actually going to hit the one year mark of when my Truth and Media project and all of my social media went dark. A year ago, can you believe it? That was when I announced to you that those pages and my website were going to be taken down—at least for a while. They were going to disappear. And
0: you know, I like Ben Swan. I like what he says. I like his uh, careful attention to detail. I like all those things about Ben Swan. But if Ben Swan wants to play in the uh, YouTube space, actually going to hit the one-year mark of when my Truth and Media project and all of my social media went dark. A year. If he wants to play in the YouTube space and be taken seriously, uh, maybe drop the uh, faux broadcaster act a little bit. Like uh, right now, he's doing the old uh, 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 gun gun pointing at the camera. You know where you where you make a gun with your hand and you point it at the camera. Yeah, that's the that's the slick broadcaster shit that we're all just super tired of. If uh, old Bedswan here was going to use some of his new uh, crypto financing to uh, hire. Chris Fisher as a consultant, the first thing I would say is uh, stop putting gel in your hair, take the suit off, and uh, don't make uh, crazy uh, gun pointing at the camera. Take it down a notch and just be a human being.
15: A year ago, can you believe it? That was when I announced to you that those pages and my website were going to be taken down, at least for a while, they were going to disappear. And I asked you at that time to trust me. You know, for the past year, I have been in a position where I have been unable to talk about truth and media. Hmm. I have also been refrained, if you will, uh, from having social media.
0: That's an interesting statement there. He doesn't really go into any more detail in this entire clip, but it sounds like there was some sort of severance package is what I'm guessing.
15: I have also been refrained, if you will, uh, from having social media and having a social media presence at all. We're going to get into that later. I'm going to tell you all about why that happened. But I have not been in a position so far to do anything about it. Sun Tzu said this in The Art of War. He said, let your plans be as dark and as impenetrable as the night. And when you move, fall like a thunderbolt. What? Well, I have been patient and I have been quiet, but that time has now come to an end.
0: So I think he was probably under some sort of non-compete um, uh, of some kind with, when, he, when CBS fired him. And that's
15: all things to dash digital cash.
0: Yeah, that's the weird part here. Is so he's being financed by a cryptocurrency company.
15: Which is now, by the way, the exclusive sponsor of truthandmedia.com and
0: also Reality Check with Ben Swan. Now it gets even crazier. He's employed, in a sense, by them via a smart contract on the Ethereum network, I think. Yeah, you tell me. Listen to what he says next. So excited to tell you about
15: this. So what exactly is Dash? Let's start there. Well, no doubt you've heard of Bitcoin, right? A digital currency, also known as a cryptocurrency. Back in 2013, I actually went and spoke at the Texas Bitcoin Conference. And that was at a time when hardly anybody even knew what Bitcoin was.
0: This is starting to feel a little... I don't know. This is why I really just prefer funding by the audience. I feel like Ben Swan could have gone to Patreon and in 2018. He could have been one of the few people to actually get success, success on Patreon in this, in this current funding climate. He could have actually just probably made a decent living there. I would assume I might have backed him, especially if he was just pretending to be a regular human.
15: I talked about it at that time and said back then, which, by the way, I absolutely still believe, is that cryptocurrency and the decentralization of our financial systems was absolutely and is absolutely the future of finance.
0: That'd be pretty amazing. Um, It would mean that the, uh, I mean, eventually, if you take that to its logical conclusion, doesn't it kind of mean that the US dollar would no longer be the reserve currency? I don't think, I mean, there's a lot of change and progress that's gonna happen. I don't think that's one of them in our lifetime.
15: Now, I have been a believer in and a supporter of cryptocurrency Ever since then, I have funded projects with it, I've paid contractors in it, I absolutely believe in the crypto space. Dash Digital Cash is a cryptocurrency, but frankly, kids, it's not just any crypto. I don't like the kids' thing. Dash is actually, in my opinion, the most technologically superior of all crypto, thanks to features like Instant Send and Private Send, and the incredibly low fees for trading. It's pretty incredible stuff and while those features alone make dash again I believe superior to other crypto it is what dash is heading toward an innovation called evolution that will absolutely change the crypto game
0: an innovation called evolution that will absolutely change the crypto game I don't think any of that means anything This is really disappointing I don't know I don't know if I like Ben Swan better as a CBS affiliate employee or as um, sponsored by a cryptocurrency, I think I just have an inherent bias here. I just I just have a hard time trusting anybody that talks like this. He's selling the Ben Swan brand to promote Dash. Now that's that's one thing when you're talking about the plasma desktop, but that's an entirely other thing when you are talking about things like FBI memos or the death of seth rich like then it just feels like it's a whole i just i'm really uncomfortable with it because like that shit really matters toward an innovation called evolution
15: that will absolutely change the crypto game for everyone now back in november
0: i was approached by some users and supporters of dash and it's dao, D-A-O which op- stay tuned okay now this is why i'm playing this whole thing for you we'll, we're gonna wrap it up here in just a second but this is the thing that's going to blow your mind a little bit. It's approached by some users and
15: supporters of Dash, and it's DAO, D-A-O, which, oh, by the way, for all you media bloggers out there who want to write about this stuff but don't understand it...
0: <laughs> You're going to fuck this up.
15: Let me explain to you what that is. It is a decentralized autonomous organization.
0: Yeah, so a DAO, D-A-O, is a decentralized autonomous organization. What the hell does that mean, Chris. I barely know, but what I do understand is it apparently relies upon what are called smart contracts mm-hmm. that use Ethereum to negotiate and record and track them. <laughs> that's, that's what a DAO is. They talked to me about bringing back truth in media
15: and reality check with Ben Swan. So I created a proposal. I put that proposal forward and it was accepted by the organization again. A note to all you folks who are going to try to explain this but don't understand it.
0: Yeah, this is really going to take off. I feel like Ben is just one of many that are going to launch. um, I mean, maybe I would be one of them. I was just, you know, I was about to really go into sort of a rant about YouTubers that are about to do this. But, you know, I also think cryptocurrency has some validity. I, I I don't know about any of this. Uh, but if I were to sort of remove myself from Jupiter Broadcasting and think, well, well shit, what if Chris wanted to just start broadcasting today in 2018 and he hadn't been doing this for 11 years, 12 years, uh, and I just wanted to go it out on my own. I just wanted to go out on my own and start making videos like maybe Ben's doing here. I, I wouldn't be above working with a crypto system like this. In some sense, it has more legitimacy than a corrupt government that just prints money as it needs for a political agenda.
15: A note to all you folks who are going to try to explain this but don't understand it. Dash is not a company. It has no board of directors. It is a decentralized peer-to-peer currency. And quite candidly, that is what gives it its power a large community able to fund projects like Truth and Media and Reality Check without some corporation crushing
0: the voices with which it does not agree. That doesn't really seem candid. That doesn't seem quite candid either. That just seems to be the nature when you have a bunch of decentralized interests. That's just, that's, I mean, like when you start saying things like quite candidly when it's the opposite of being candid, I, I can't trust you. I want to trust you,
15: Ben. ...community able to fund projects like Truth and Media and Reality Check without some corporation crushing the voices with which it does not agree. That is the power of decentralization. And that is what is so exciting about this announcement. You see, Dash Digital Cash isn't just helping to create the financial decentralization revolution. It is also helping to create a revolution in industries like in media, where for too long, for far too long, Too few voices, especially the voices that dissent with repeated narratives, are not allowed to be heard.
0: I completely agree with him there. That is absolutely accurate. You
15: know who I'm talking to. If you have followed my work, then you know this. You know that I absolutely believe that the left-right paradigm in media is fake. I believe. That corporations and politicians and special interest groups—they have gamed so many systems. They have gamed the financial industry, the healthcare industry, the political systems in America, and yes, they have also corrupted our media.
0: I just, I, I what I what I would like to have a better understanding of is, so who who is it that's paying you? Because it sounds like you're being paid by an anonymous group that is running a cryptocurrency, which. That could be awesome. I mean, that could be maybe ideal, but it also could be like super fricking shady and really, really like somebody with, with that level, with that, with with that level, with that kind of funding model, you really don't know who's funding him. It's all too vague. I did a little Googling to, to really try to, to try to figure it out. It's, I don't really understand it. I don't understand what their motivations are. It's it's hard to – if you have any insights, if you have any perspectives on this, please let me know either in the Discord or tweet me at ChrisLAS or if you're watching on the YouTubes or on our Patreon page. Please let me know there because I'm trying to kind of understand what the money behind Ben wants because – I've really I've really appreciated Ben Swan's coverage in the past, especially on the Seth Rich stuff. I mean, he's just been completely on point and I, you know, even followed it pretty closely myself, he's never really said anything that's been inaccurate. So I really appreciate his coverage. So I'd really like to kind of get that question answered. So if you have any insights, please let me know. Any in any method that would work for you to let me know, because that's something that's pretty important to me. Let's switch gears to the Vegas shooter. That's something I've
13: been following in the overtime
0: for a while because it's just a lot of
13: weird stuff. Strange circumstances continue to swirl around the Las Vegas shooting four months ago. Here's the latest. The Clark County coroner has refused to release the autopsies of 58 shooting victims in response to a court order. It did release them, but it for refused for some reason to release the autopsy of shooter Stephen Paddock. The coroner claims the autopsy is still being finalized even after all this time. Dr. Michael Bodden is a forensic pathologist. He joins us tonight. Doctor, this seems like a very weird explanation, or maybe it's not. You've got perspective. Tell us.
6: Well, coroners and medical examiners have always got to obey judicial orders, period. Uh, It may be in a situation where the autopsy findings may be important in a criminal investigation that the the district attorney or in this case the fbi asked to hold off the release so it doesn't interfere with their investigation but that sounds very unlikely in this situation
13: hmm so okay don't fry the bacon just yet well i mean they're saying this was a single shooter event and they haven't suggested there's anything outlandish that we don't know about so what could possibly be the connection between the autopsy results and the continuing investigation that's just that's confusing
9: yeah
6: the, that uh, sounds like, the, especially when the body has been cremated, as I understand, so that uh, I can't think of a reason.
0: Oh, well, that's actually kind of weird. At least they burned it. At least they frickin burned it.
27: Turkey's president, Recep Tayyip Erdogan, has accused the U.S. of plotting against Ankara in Syria.
0: Yeah, here's something else that we've been tracking in the overtime is the situation in Syria is shitty. So Turkey wants to just wipe out the remaining, quote unquote, terrorists that uh, we've backed. (laughs) We don't call them terrorists, but Turkey is calling them terrorists. And uh, we've been we've been not we've been not so hot on that. Ah, just leave them alone has been our position. And Turkey's like, "Um, that's our border it would be essentially as as if canada was radicalizing paying arming equipping and giving intelligence to terrorists in the northern mountains of mexico and and so uh, everybody's trying to settle this thing out and say, OK, let's just get rid of them. Let's disband them. Can you clean them out? They're your problem. And the Trump administration's basically just given them the middle finger.
27: Jeb Tayyip Erdogan has accused the U.S. of plotting against Ankara in Syria. It comes amid a fallout between NATO allies over Turkey's operation against U.S.-backed Kurdish militias in Syria.
25: Why does the U.S. continue to send weapons to northern Syria even after ISIL has been cleared? Why are you still here? Why do these weapons still arrive? You must be plotting against Turkey, Iran and perhaps Russia.
27: Ankara began Operation Olive Branch in the Afrin region just over three weeks ago, and now it plans to expand it to the Syrian town of Manbij. The town hosts U.S. troops, which helped Kurdish forces defeat ISIL in the area. The Turkish president demanded Washington withdraw its forces from Manbij, threatening to target the U.S. soldiers. Ankara says it started the military campaign in the region to defend its border. That's after the Pentagon announced it was training a so-called security border force. Oh by the Kurds. And though Washington later backtracked on this announcement, the move oh, deepens the no. rift between the two countries. Hussein Baggi from Ankara's Middle East Technical University says the crisis of trust between Turkey and the U.S. Crisis. may have catastrophic consequences.
0: Yeah, actually, I joke, but I think that is true. I think this is one of the biggest stories. And remember, too, they're a NATO fricking ally. And nobody's talking about it in the press.
5: At the moment, uh, the Turkish government and Turkish president seem not to be confident towards American uh, policies, probably uh, this uh, distrust, this... uh uh, problematic understanding between two countries
0: it's problematic guys you know it's problematic um sort of like the shooting down of a russian plane
24: actually i can t- we can show you some new video i'm being told actually in um you might be able to see this uh we're bringing it up now but we- this
0: is over syria a russian plane was shot down
24: by militants we've seen the there we have it the jet coming down this is a Russian jet over Syria, just over the border from Turkey. Um, it's coming to us via Reuters. It's amateur video. But as we can see that coming down from the sky, quite extraordinary images. Clearly that jet coming down there. And then it uh, hits the ground. But as you were saying, Ian, uh, we believe that the pilots ejected before it crashed. So
0: um, it wouldn't be a story about a Russian pilot without a unbelievable twist. So, uh, if the stories are to be believed, this Russian pilot gets shot down over Syria, um, and I, I don't know, maybe, maybe he's Tom Cruise. He 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 ejects from the plane, lands on the ground, and begins fighting the terrorists on the ground.
24: Yeah, that Russian pilot hit the ground and immediately went into action, opening fire on a group of rebels. <laughs> Only the Russians, dude. That's incredible. Russian pilot hit the ground and immediately went into action, opening fire on a group of rebels that were trying to capture him alive before he was gone down. That's according to several sources, including, interestingly, the Russian military itself, the rebels and some uh, observers there in northwest Syria.
0: Now, yeah, he was he was unfortunately killed. And then, of course, there was a unfortunate russian response where uh, the russian military just bombed the shit out of them (laughs) like like when you when you f with one of the russians they just they just bomb the shit out of you every single time and that's always their response i was going to play you a whole bunch of clips about that i do have them in supporter sync if you'd like to watch them but um i'm not over adam schiff i'm still angry about adam schiff
19: here to talk about the fight to avoid a government shutdown and the dueling intel memos congressman matt gates who serves on a number of key committees, including Judiciary, Budget, and Armed Services, uh, Congressman? First of all, let's talk about the Democrat memo because this, this what what the Democrats are doing, particularly Adam Schiff, uh, he he's been around Intel enough to know what is is you can include in a public report and what you cannot include. Apparently, he put enough sensitive information in this Democrat memo, that some of it is going to have to be redacted. So now he's saying if anything is redacted, this is censorship. Talk about a ploy. Well, you're
11: absolutely right, David. And I am tired of Adam Schiff and other Democrats playing games with our intelligence and with the processes that we have to rely on.
0: What they're really talking about is you stick some crap in there that you know can't be released publicly, so that way then later on you can say censorship. I don't know why it took them so long to say that, but that's what they're trying to get out.
11: For meaningful investigations. Here you've got a circumstance where clearly the Democrats have chalked this memo full of sources and methods that would hurt the American people if they were. Were exposed. And so, of course, the president is going to have to redact some of that information. But I don't know how Adam Schiff has any credibility left with the American people. Remember, David, when he told us that the release of the Nunes memo would disclose all sources and methods? That right. turned out to be a complete lie. He accused Devin Nunes of unethical conduct. Devin Nunes was totally cleared. And then uh, Schiff also made the accusation that we changed the memo before giving it to President Trump. He's not even making that right. argument anymore. So time and again, he's proven uncredible. And honestly, we've got to move past the partisanship on this issue so that we can have consequences for the people. who've Congressman, who did bad good things. luck. All I can well, say is we need mean, to. I,
19: look, the fact is, is that every Republican, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, every Republican on that committee voted to release the Democratic memo. They voted with their Democratic colleagues to release the memo. At the same time, every single Democrat voted against releasing the Republican memo. How do you find bipartisanship in that? It's very difficult, but it shows that
11: we're confident in the facts that are laid out in Devin Nunes' memo. Quite clearly, cash at the Democratic National Committee was convertible into a FISA warrant to spy on Americans. That's outrageous no matter which party you're a member of. And look, David, Democrats and Republicans are going to be in power in the future in this country. And I don't want either side to have the ability to use political documents to go and infect an intelligence investigation. We should all be in this together. But unfortunately, the Democrats want to drive division instead of working to make sure that this never happens again.
19: You know, besides uh, lack of bipartisanship, there's another problem here, which is the FISA judges. Shouldn't they have known, wasn't some, isn't some of the responsibility on their heads or his head or her head, whoever it was that approved of these things, because they should have demanded from the FBI Knowing that Steele's sources were were not named, they should have demanded from the FBI some due diligence on the FBI's part to track down who Steele's sources were for the Trump dossier. They didn't do that. They just gave it, boom, the stamp of approval.
11: Well, they didn't have all the facts, and that's where I believe
0: laws were broken, David. I believe that material... I believe I can fly. Let's continue on, though, because uh, there is a very funny story about Adam Schiff that's coming up this week. He was totally duped by some prank callers.
3: And what's the nature
28: of the compromise? Well, there were pictures of naked Trump.
0: So uh, some Russian pranksters, radio hosts, call Adam Schiff and tell him they have intel on Donald Trump that's been given to Vladimir Putin.
3: Could I explain you where we are? Yes, of course. I would just caution that our Russian friends may be listening to the conversation, so I wouldn't share anything over the phone that you don't want them to hear.
0: That's Adam Schiff speaking, and then these are the pranksters. No, I don't think that it will impact on our investigation. In
28: November 2013, Mr. Trump visited Moscow. He visited a competition Miss Universe, and there he met with Russian journalists and celebrities Ksenia Sovchak. She became famous because of Putin is her godfather. Okay, Putin's godfather. Okay. She met with Trump and she brought him one-hour Russian girl, celebrity, Olga Buzova, who also known as a person with a strange reputation. And she got uh, compromising materials on Trump after their short relations.
0: <laughs> Ooh, he likes that.
28: <laughs> okay. And what's the nature of the compromise?
0: Well, there were pictures of naked Trump. Uh oh. Okay. Okay, he says, Adam Schiff. Okay,
3: yeah, let me write this
0: down. Naked, pic- naked pictures of Trump.
3: And so Putin was made aware of the the availability of the compromising material. I wonder. I wonder if he's getting a little turned on at this point. Don't you wonder? And so Putin was made aware of the the availability of the compromising material.
28: Yes, of course. Buzova uh, shared those materials with uh, Sobchak and of Sobchak course. shared those materials with uh, Putin because she's a goddaughter of Putin.
0: And oh, and you gotta imagine, he's thinking to himself, oh shit, shit, this, yeah. Putin's gonna make a picture to Trump. And
3: Putin decided to press on Trump. <laughs> You have recordings of both Sovchek and Buseva, where they're discussing the compromising material on Mr. Trump? Absolutely.
28: And uh, we also know who was a mediator between Trump and the Russian government, who met with uh, the ex-advisor of Trump.
0: And so uh, Schiff goes on to say, all right, give me all the information. I want to see the pictures. My people will reach out to you. And it's starting to get more and more attention. Speaking of Mr. Schiff, it turns out... (laughs) And this is very embarrassing for him. <laughs> I like how much he loves. I, he loves that. Do you, do you hear that? Do you hear how much he loves that? He loves it almost Speaking as much as I do. Schiff,
13: it turns out, and this is very embarrassing for
0: him, a year ago. We're both just loving it because that guy and me, we have one thing and only one damn thing in the entire universe in common. And that's that we both hate
13: Adam Schiff. Yeah, if it turns out, and this is very embarrassing for him, a year ago, he got on the horn, got on the phone with people. He believed that they were, uh, the people speaking to him were from the Ukraine.
19: And they had information about Donald Trump, who was, it was very
13: inappropriate what they described, involved with a reality star. Turns out these were two comics from Russia pranking him, but Mr. Schiff for it. Listen.
28: <laughs> she got uh, compromising materials on trap after their uh, short relations. Okay. And,
2: oh, and
0: <laughs> I like the short relations. That also implies. And of course, Schiff would just totally be into this. Like they're playing him. They're just playing him like a piano. <laughs> they're even saying that he doesn't last that long in the trap sack.
28: after their uh, short relations. Okay. And, and what's the nature of the compromise? Well, there were pictures of naked Trump. Okay.
3: Mm-hmm. And so Putin was made aware uh, of the, the availability of the compromising material?
28: Yes, of course.
3: Okay. Well, uh, thank you very much. We will be back in touch uh, with you through our staff uh, to make uh, arrangements uh, to obtain these materials for our committee and, and for the FBI. And, and I appreciate you reaching out to us
13: taking notes a staffer followed up i think the next day and the next day after that to try to set up a time to get these pictures let me see
0: (laughs) he's so desperate he's so desperate that he'll buy it pranksters can get him and he's ripe for the picking (laughs) i love it i love you guys thanks for being here see you next week
13: Enjoy